My name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events and every NXT takeover, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we'll bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, W pay views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you and we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and as always I'm joined by Dan White. And it is the WNR138, the WB Network Review for January 2018. But first off, let's start with the alternate intro. My name is Sam Tyler. I had an accident and I woke up in 1973. Am I mad, in a coma, or back in time? Whatever's happened, it's like I've landed on a different planet. Maybe if I can work out the reason, I can get home. And that is from Life on Mars, anybody who does recognise that. So, yes, it is the WNet review of January, and it's our favourite time, really. We bring you 205 Live NXT update, but let's start off with the latest content and collections. Well, it's Raw 25, celebrating 100 moments. Celebrate an unmatched TV milestone with the greatest moments from Monday Night Raw's 25-year history. Yeah, we've got Raw 25 moments, 100 to 76, then 75 to 51, 6, and then 25 to 1. They're available tomorrow after Raw Top 25 moments airs on the W Network, immediately following Monday Night Raw. Next up, Dan? Next up, we've got some new classic content, and that's available now. Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling makes its WWE Network debut with this month's new on-demand offering. Featuring nearly 100 episodes and over 70 hours of throwback action. Travel as far back as 1981 and see the very early careers of WWE Hall of Famers such as Rowdy Roddy Piper, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Jake the Snake Roberts, Sergeant Slaughter, Ric Flair, woo, and more. Enjoy a small taste of the latest offerings with this new classic content collection featuring 10 memorable episodes from 1981 to 1983. Quite short collections because obviously with the Raw thing, they want to concentrate on that. Coming in February, celebrating Black History Month and, of course, the one that I've been begging the network for and that is Alexa Bliss. All right, so latest content on the WWE Network. December 16th, we had Table for Free, which was Hardys and Finn Balor discussing their kind of antics in Team Extreme. I mean, Dan, what do you think of that? It was wonderful! <laughs> December 18th, we had the WWE Music Power 10. It was Survive Series Weekend, the countdown for the top 10 music. December 21st, we had WWE Main Event, which was episode 273. I'm still surprised it's still going. And the main event was Apollo Crews versus Kurt Hawkins. So if anybody knows what's happening with those two... Then watch main event well, on the Cruz network. Cruz must have uh, got the victory over <laughs> yeah. the defeatable Hawkins. Hey, Kurt Hawkins, who hasn't won in 2017. Quite unbelievable. And then Christmas Day, we had the best of Ride Along. We've been following Ride Along, and it was just basically a clip show. And then January 1st, photo shoot. Now, this is a new series on the WWE Network. 
quite clever what they've done because basically they show the WWE superstar some photos and then they have to talk about it. So aka shooting, you know, like the smarks like. Of course, photo shoot goes the same. And we got The Miz first. I, I really liked it. I know you're not a huge fan of The Miz, but he basically talks about his career, pictures of careers, you know, his Money in the Bank win and his hosting of it. But what I kind of like about it is the behind-the-scenes stuff that you've never seen before. So Miz talks about winning the WWE Championship, and then there's this clip here. And I remember the day I won it, there was a, a little girl, Angry Miz girl. There she is. She was kind of the mascot for the Miz winning the WWE Championship, Angry Miz girl. Makes me so happy that she was so angry at me winning. It's fantastic. Vince kind of giving me the okay. Like, we're going with you, kid. We're doing it. Vince always saw the talent. He was always my biggest supporter. When you come into WWE, and it's like a fraternity, you know, fans don't like you because you're an outsider, you're from a reality show, you're not supposed to have talent. And then the locker room doesn't like you, you get thrown out of the locker room. And then going back and having Vince tell me that we're going with you, I know you can do it, solidifies everything. Everything I worked for. It was awesome. Yes, I thought that was quite nice, isn't it? You, you see the kind of Miz talking about his career and all the trouble he's had, and then finally at that moment in time, McMahon saying, like, yeah, you, you do deserve it, you know? Yeah, I suppose it's good if you like that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of them, is it, today? But anyway, and another thing the Miz, of course, he's talking about his career, he's talking about being the, old man, the only man in WWE to hold three championships at the same time, the unified tag team titles and the uh, US title belt, and then talk about later on, we kind of exploded again in my eyes. The, uh, the the talking smack with Daniel Bryan. Oof. This one was a lot of... Uh, there was a lot of emotions going on here. This wasn't just to Daniel. This was like to everyone. This was... I, I unleashed a lot because what we didn't see before this was creative had nothing for me that day. And I went, what? They're like, yeah, you're not on the show tonight. What do you mean I'm not on the show? I'm the Intercontinental Champion. And they were like, yeah, but we're introducing new titles. We're introducing the new tag team title and the new SmackDown women's title. And so we don't have room for the Intercontinental Championship. I'm like, wait a second. What about you're introducing new titles? But what about that rich history of this title? The title that you guys keep just throwing back and throwing back and throwing back and, and burying it and burying it and burying it. And I'm sick. And I was so aggravated. I was so sick of it. And I was like, put me on Talking Smack tonight. I am going to unleash havoc on everything and everyone. And Daniel Bryan called me a coward, and it set off everything. There's no gentle way to say it. To me, you wrestle like a coward. I'm the coward. Wait, let me tell you about a coward. Let me tell you about a guy who tells his WWE fans, the people that he loves, that he will be back. He promises them. I promise you, I will be back in one year's time to claim this title. But you didn't, Daniel, did you? But I'm the coward. Okay, I'm the one that they, doesn't love if the they, fans. If they would let me come back, I would come back. Oh, if, if, if you, you I didn't would. know if Daniel Bryan was going to hit me. I didn't know if he was going to punch me or what was going to happen. But sometimes my mouth just starts to just keep going. And I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just going of everything I'm feeling at the time. And I'm letting it just unleash. But you're the one that doesn't get in the WWE ring again. No, don't you walk away from me, Daniel. Daniel 
got up and left and I almost didn't know what to do. I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but you see me kind of almost get lost. Like, wait, wait he, he's leaving? Oh, I, I was getting ready for him to hit me. I don't even know what to say. Then I turned to the camera. Get that camera right here. Get that camera right here. Just set off another fuse. This is my show. My show. And I'm sick of all of you, my GM, sitting there criticizing me, calling me the coward. You're the cowards. I'm the one here, day in and day out, in that wrestling ring, beating people up. Thank you very much. I, I quite like the Intercontinental title, and it's amazing how it gets yeah, mistreated. Yeah, I, I do like the Intercontinental Championship, but if there's, like, you know, another two brand new belts getting introduced that night, you know, it's... It has to overshadow it in some way or, way or shape or form, you know. And if it wasn't the Miz holding it, if it was anyone else holding it, they wouldn't have been on it either. And then they probably wouldn't have got the talking smack chance after. Well, exactly. And what did the Miz do to change all this? And he did. He did make it relevant and prestigious when he passed it off to Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah, but it's thanks to the kind of building up on SmackDown that the Miz did. you got to give him credit for that. And then coming over to Monday Night Raw. And like you said, with Lesnar not being there all the time... The Miz has been the man with the main championship on Monday Night Raw. So I got a lot of time for The Miz, and I really, really enjoyed it. And on the same day, we had Cesaro. Basically the same thing. And watching this, I had a couple of questions. Why didn't Paul Heyman and Cesaro work? I've, I've no idea. You know, you've got a brilliant talker in Heyman. I know Cesaro's not the greatest on the mic, but he could have learned. But, you know, you don't need to be the greatest on the mic if you've got Heyman in your corner. Yeah. And just the wrestling ability that Cesaro's got, it's it is really why it didn't work. Yeah. You know, it's it's just combustible elements. He could have been I don't want to tire him with it, but the next like, you know, CM Punk with the way, you know, he's got brilliant in ring ability, Heyman in his corner. Yeah. I mean one thing we see just for the pictures here is how many great matches Cesaro's had, and like I said, yeah, he's not great in promos. But when you've got someone like Heyman there, I think the only problem is after WrestleMania 30, when he did become a Heyman guy, that was when Lesnar just beat the undefeated streak of Undertaker. And that's what was basically Heyman during that time. So maybe it was just a kind of clash then. But to not go back to it a couple of years later seems absolutely crazy. You talk about WrestleMania 30, the Andre Giant win, when he picked up the big show, of course, and threw him over the top. And unbelievably, he's a Swiss rugby player five years ago when he first debuted in the WWE. I can't believe it's five years ago since we had Cesaro. And he did have 200 days as US champion. Which I thought was incredible. Like, I've forgotten his 200-day US title. <laughs> Do you remember him swinging the great Carly? No. I, I don't. And to see that clip, and I'm thinking, fucking hell. How can I not remember that? Of course, he went to NXT, and then his first match versus Zayn. Of course, two out of three falls match they had. The first match on NXT. So, the ever first special on the WWE Network, Cesaro and Zayn had the very first match. And he talks about doing a lot of make-a-wishes as well. And he says he does his talking in the ring. That might be a little dig at, you know, people that say maybe he's not the strongest on promos, which is fair enough. You're trying to have a dig at me for saying he's not the strongest on promos. Also versus John Cena for the US title open challenge. And then at WrestleMania 32, Cesaro and Rollins watching on and wanting to come back to the WWE. Doing those both injured at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Cesaro returned the night after WrestleMania. Me and Sheamus' best of seven series started right there at SummerSlam. And here you see me the, uh, drop kicking Sheamus off the top rope with a very high drop kick. <laughs> and that was actually just after me and Sheamus wrestled two weeks in a row on Raw. And a lot of people were like, oh, they already wrestled twice. Now we're going to have to watch him wrestle seven more times. And we were both out there to, to prove everybody wrong. Three, 
true battle of attrition between Cesaro and Sheamus. And we did. At the end of the seventh match, people chanted, let them fight. And they wanted to see more. And I'm very proud of that best of seven series. We actually have one of the matches on a live event in the O2 in London where I had my debut at. And as much as we didn't like each other in the beginning, it brought us together closer as competitors and friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I, I know it's self-indulgent, but... <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He was up on the ramp way that, that, that time. Yeah, we've yeah. got some great pictures, of oh, course. Brilliant picture of Cesaro. It's actually the Vince McDan. Yeah, the Vince McDan profile picture on Twitter is on Facebook. It, oh, Facebook, sorry, is Cesaro's and yeah, best seven series Cesaro and Sheamus had. We were watching in London, uh, so I just had to put that in. I know, it's, <laughs> and then the last bit on this, and I think we all know what it is going to be about Cesaro, but we we have to watch it again. No, it's what happened this year and Cesaro's. Oh, I said not the ball, not even the ball, oh, even though he did ball do the ball. Didn't even make it there. No, we didn't even say the ball. Very excited about this next picture. Oh, how can I forget about that? Uh, that was, of course, No Mercy, myself, Seamus, against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. It's Cesaro! Oh. Is it the turnbuckle or the post? I think Cesaro might have just lost a few teeth. I hit the post with my teeth, and uh, they went about three to four millimeters straight up my gums. And the look that I give Seamus there, the look that he gave me back is probably as good, if not better. Unfortunately, nobody captured that one. Gotta give credit to Cesaro. Got some will to stay in this. And of course, we went on and uh, finished the match because that's what uh, me and Seamus do. Like we always say, we don't just set the yard of bar um, with or without teeth. Fracture my maxilla, which is the bone above your teeth, below your nose. Of course, there was a lot of blood. I got like four stitches in the lip and four stitches inside of my mouth. I had a, a splint put in. And I wear a mouthpiece now when I wrestle. I had actually a huge lisp right after that. I got a t-shirt out of it, though. I got I got a nice t-shirt out of it. It says, uh, with thigh work. It was, uh, yeah, not one of my proudest moments to be part of. Uh, my hat is off the shoulders. He took good care of me. As you can see, we had a good laugh after uh, you find out I'm okay for the most part. In the good and in the bad, you always try to make the most of it. So that's a swift cyborg then. <laughs> I mean, that moment where we've actually, I thought he lost his front, his front tooth had to come yeah. out. To actually go implanted into your uh, your mouth is... Is incredible, but I mean Cesaro. It's for me. It's something just really likable about him, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think personally, I think his photo, his photo shoot was a lot better than the Miz on a bias yeah. stance. But the Miz spent most of his time talking about him, him, him. I mean Cesaro. He was. I know he was talking. They've got to talk about themselves, but he, you know he was putting other people over as well yeah. during his. Yeah, most definitely. And I think this will be an interesting thing going forward to to hear what a certain wrestlers have to say. But even other people, you know, five really W Flashback Friday is WE Monday Night Raw Year One, and they're showing you all the best bits from the first year of uh, WE Raw. And of course, we're celebrating now 25 years since uh, the very beginning.
According to Sportskedia, WWE have been removing content from the network this month. The WWE Network has long been called the hub for all WWE content, with the company telling the public they are consistently adding more programme to the network. Over the past month, WWE has removed the collections for Gravest Ever Match, Gra- Gravest Matches Ever, The Cruiserweight Anthology, and Randy Orton Apex Predator. While the website does know this could potentially be a glitch, as the collections for Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan disappeared but came back. It is unclear at this time if that is the case. It's worth noting that original content WWE prides itself on has also seen the chopping block, as legends with JBL bring it to the table unfiltered with Renee Young and even special collections have been removed. Well, as a WWE Network review, I should note that neither Legends or Renee Young has been removed from our WWE Network. But of course, people might accuse us of bias or having a different subscription. But sometimes you can remove content and then put it back on at a later date, refreshing your old content in some way. Also, Netflix changes programs every month. Sure, collections might disappear, but you also have to factor in how much size the show used. And I'm not going to get technicalities or how, how big the server is for WWE Network to actually carry it all. And sometimes it's good when stuff goes away and then comes back. But I have checked the program and I've still got everything. So I don't know if it's a case of something maybe you watch and then they calculate what you haven't watched and then get rid of it that way. Because if they do, then then what's the problem really, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, thanks. I get, I get to read I get to read the Enzo Amore news out. Thanks. Up next was Straight to the Source and that was released January the 8th. And it was Corey Graves interviewing the WWE Cruiserweight Champion Enzo Amore. Again... Very uninteresting, just like the Miz's show. But this is Enzo responding to reports that he was kicked off a tour bus by Intercontinental Champion Roman Reigns last summer. And he said... Me, 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 me. Me, 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 me. Now, he said, if that's the case, you wouldn't have seen me on the next show. Correct? Enzo asked Graves. I hate to point B. And they have to provide those accommodations because we work for a Fortune 500 company. So it's impossible to kick me off a bus. They ain't stupid, neither am I. They're not going to put themselves in jeopardy by not providing transportation of one of their biggest stars, of arguably one of their biggest stars. If I can't get, if I can't get from point A to point B, not on a bus, how am I getting there? How could you kick me off someplace you can't kick me out of someplace? So, I mean, that, that, it, it is interesting because usually you don't respond to those type of things, but Enzo has and says it didn't really happen. So... The thing I am surprised about, Enzo is being treated as a WWE superstar at this moment in time. You, you can't argue about that. His appearances on uh, his appearances on Raw and his other stuff on the WWE Network, to be the second person after Reigns to be in straight the source is, uh, I think, a big deal for him. And, of course, he's on 205 Live. And speaking of 205 Live, hey! So, we move on to 205 Live, and our first episode is December 19th, 2017, episode 56, Hideo Tami debuts. Cedric Alexander beat Drew Gulak to become the new number one contender on Raw, but that might be the least of the cruiserweight champ Enzo Amore's problems. Sure, he's in lust with Nia Jax, and the feeling is mutual, but that's leaving his right-hand man, Drew Gulak, already feeling conflicted after Zoe led an assault on his team PowerPoint partner, Tony Nice, feeling left out in the cold. And now he's got former pro wrestling lower and NXT arse kicker, Hideo Tommy to worry about too. We see highlights of Alexander winning the number contendership match from last night to kick us off. He gets his shot at Cruiserweight Champion Enzo Mori next week. Rick Joseph and... 
Nigel McGuinness. That <laughs> shit is mine now. It used to be a good one, and now you can't do it anymore. Because oh, I've taken. Oh, oh no! Yeah, you, threw, you took my shit. Oh, it. Nigel McGuinness. Anyway, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness bring us all bring us in with a reminder that Hideo Tommy's here to put the division on notice, and news that Drew Gulak and Alexander will rematch tonight. An entrance promo from the Hills in our first match as Kendrick and Gallagher tell Grand Metallic they didn't have any issues with him until he got involved in their issues with Kalisto. And it's good to see the 311 boy in action, really. And like I say, come involved with Kalisto. Tearing up with him tonight to take on Brian, Lee Brian Kendrick and Jack Aha. And uh, the 311 boys have been quite successful recently. Have you got high hopes for 2018 for Grand Metallic? Yeah, hopefully, you know, he can... Uh... Show his worth in the cruiserweight division. He's certainly a, a unique performer in ring, and hopefully he gets the chance to deliver. Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope that's true of Kalisto as well. It's going to be difficult coming off that kind of cruiserweight series with Enzo and then trying to rebuild himself again. Is he just become another cruiserweight like he is at the moment? I suppose into this feud. But what's next after this? It seems that every cruiserweight in the division goes from feuding with the champion to then feuding with Brian Kendrick <laughs> and then into a feud probably with one of their friends. So, Cleese and Metallic probably feud after this as well then, I suppose. Right. Metallic's in low. Look at this. Beautiful. Walking the top rope. A lovely crossbody. And a handspring backflip there to try and outwit the Brian Kendrick. He's got him up on his shoulder now. But Kendrick with a backslide. Jack with a blind tag in. And Kendrick with a big boot put Metallic down and now these brothers Grimm are going to team up on Grand Metallic. Double Irish whip but Metallic running mm. the ropes. Oh, and takes out Gallagher with a lovely seated dropkick. And Kendrick was getting out of harm's way. Oh, And he delivered a big boot to the face of Kendrick as well. And Metallic and Kalisto uh, looking set to go flying. Well, they are Lucha Lucha. Here they come. Oh, oh. Well, both men springboarding off the second rope to send themselves over the top. And that's what we want to see there. Metallic, beautiful, using that first rope to dive over, which is, I think, even harder than the normal springing over the top because you can get your foot catch up, caught up. Kalisto, beautiful dive over. Indeed, yes. And Kalisto, uh, and Metallic looking set to go up top, but Jack Gallagher cuts him off, and now he's hung up in the tree of woe. And Gallagher comes running in and drop kicks the leg, trying to ground this lucha. And now Kendrick. Oh, looked like he was going to get involved, but got caught by the referee. Now Jack's got the referee distracted. And now Kalisto has as well, while Kendrick, being the f- the evil mastermind that he is. It's vet- veteran Naus as well, isn't it? In, in experience there with Jack and just trying to beat down Metallic and Kalisto. And now Jack's going to go work on that leg. Metallic is getting worn down. And now Kendrick's in and he's wearing down Grand Metallic as well. Yeah, he's got him in a, some sort of a modified half Boston crab. Well, Jack's been focused on that leg, hasn't he? And that's what Brian's probably told him to do. And you can't spring around if you've only got one leg. Well, then again, tells that Gowan that, but we're not talking about it at this moment in time. Do you reckon he'd qualify as a cruiserweight? Yeah, I suppose he would. I suppose he would. I suppose he would. Metallic now finally fighting out from Kendrick. A uh, big high back body drop there. Goes for the cover. One. Two, or managing to kick out. Uh, yeah, just as I say, look like Metallic get back into it. Kendrick turned it round. Drags him to the corner. Great vines a leg. Tags Jack Gallagher in. Uh, stopping uh, Metallic from moving. Now Jack comes in, wipes out Kalisto. And Kalisto, Jack mocking Metallic. Metallic needs to get away from Jack, try and make a tag. Kendrick and Jack beautifully double teaming Metallic. 
He's stuck in the corner, Dan. He's got nowhere to go, Metallic, at the moment. Kendrick can work the leg up there. I don't know if that's a great idea. Oh, takes Gallagher off the apron. He goes full into the way for Finn Matz below. And now both these men in a very precarious position. Can Metallic work on one leg? Wow, he didn't need his legs for that. And it's kind of a bulldog off the top. Yeah, exactly. yeah top rope, Lucha Bulldog and Kalisto. Trying to get the fans in it. Look at the fans going absolutely... <laughs> All three of them. <laughs> Well, he's struggling to get there. One-legged man, the last kicking contest, but Kalisto's ready for the hot tag. Kendrick tags in Jack. Oh, he grabs hold of the leg of Metallic, not allowing him to get to his partner to tag him in. The Gallagher spins him round on his leg, and uh, Metallic with a nice enziguri, whilst in a grander position, a seated sent on from Kalisto. Kalisto gets a hot tag in. He's on fire, baby. Super kick to Brian. Oh, gets sent over, but holds onto their arms, flips back in. And a double arm drag takedown to both Kendrick and Gallagher. And now Kalisto with the educated feet to Gallagher. Oh! Plants Gallagher face first into the mat. And now he's going to go for the Sleeder del Sol. Oh! Gallagher throws him off. Kendrick with the distraction, but to no fruition. A lovely spinning back elbow from Kalisto. Sleeder del Sol on Gallagher. There we go. One, two... Kendrick breaks it up. Oh, up. Brian in there, and that was over, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it did look like he was going to get the pinfall until Kendrick come in. And if he carries on, he's going to get disqualified, and the referee calls for the bell. And Gallagher and Kendrick can't stop in there, though. I don't think that was a bad matchup until that point. Kind of ruined it. We didn't see a proper finish. Jack, oh, my God. Headbutt to Kalisto, and then they throw him into the ring post. Oh, my oh, word. He goes tumbling to the wafer thin mats below. Now they turn their attention from boy Grand Metallic. The beating continued, and Metallic is just his knee crushed in the ring post by Kendrick's drop kick. And Kendrick and Gallagher send a message they shouldn't be messed with. Dan, what do you think of the match? Yeah, you know, it started off as a good match. I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of screwy finishes, though. I know they're trying to protect wrestlers, but really, after them getting beaten down after the matches, it protects me. You know, it just shows them being just as weak as they were in the match. Yeah, I, I, I think that is true. You know, and two hundred five live, you have the ability to have uh, proper finishes to matches. You know, rather than this kind of weird thing. But move on, and we're in the locker room, Dan. And a locker room meeting with what's left of the Zoe train. Enzo says tonight was supposed to be a celebration, but now he has to lay into Drew and Aria Davari for letting Cedric. Gulak promises to annihilate Alexander tonight. And up next, it is the debut of Hideo Itami going against Colin Delaney. Now, anybody who uh, might be a long-time fan of WWE might know Colin Delaney all the way back in ECW back in the day. Yeah, 2007-2008, we teamed up for Tommy Dreamer with a brief period. He was a jobber back then, he's a jobber now, but he has changed his appearance a little bit. Local competitor, but he used to be like, um, who should I say? He's a like, skinny guy, long hair, clean shaven, and now he's put a little bit of muscle mass and he's got a, a beard. We have seen him on SmackDown recently getting beaten up one half of the Bludgeon Brothers. But here comes a Tommy. Is this the right move for Hideo? I think we've spoken briefly of it before, but... What are your thoughts? It's like Hideo Tommy. I think he's been really unfortunate with a lot of injuries. And I thought they'd try to make Hideo Tommy's debut to 205 a bit of a bigger deal. And and they kind of ruined that by having him on Raw, didn't they? You know, the previous yeah. night. And I think if we're usually NXT guys, you don't go 205 Live. You go to 
the main roster, don't you? You go to Raw SmackDown. So the Colin over top to start things off. Now he's got him in a side headlock. Tommy pushes away, goes for one of the knockout kicks. Oh, he looks a bit like uh, Daniel Bryan. He, in a weird way, yeah, I know. And a back kick by Tommy, and then a front kick. <laughs> His facial expression. Delaney's in trouble. I like Delaney. Well, we'll see if we can find a Delaney shirt for you. Yes, Colin Delaney. And a slap to Delaney's chest. Uh, Going to Irish rip, but Delaney reverses it. Run into a big boot of Atami. A tornado neck breaker there. Yeah, hangs him up on the top rope and Atami. Going to the top down buckle. Big clothesline off the top. And he's trying to fire up and the crowd really getting behind Atami. I don't think the crowd helps. It, if NXT corner. was filmed after Raw, then the fans wouldn't be as excited as they are for a single event in, a, in an yeah. arena for the two or three hundred people. Maybe that's why they're doing the live shows for 205, but Tommy's got Delaney up. GTS. Good night, Delaney. He is the inventor of the move, and he used it to success here against Delaney. And the look on his face, he certainly means business. Well, introductory squash there for Hideo. I mean, what did you think of that, Dan? Yeah, exactly. As you said, you know, it was just a squash match showcasing Itami to be a, a dangerous man. Yeah, exa- exactly that. To see as it develops. Well, we get a flashback to Tony Nese getting beaten out of the group by Enzo Aria Drew last Tuesday. Dasha Fuentes interviews Amore about that scene and he starts to deliver a spiel about it being a learning experience for his team when Cedric cuts him off. Zoe calls the number one contender second chance since he needed two tries to qualify to face Gulak. Alexander fires back that Enzo should try fighting his battles without the train. He says there's only one word to describe the certified G and he walks off. Amore says, yeah, champion. What one word would you use to describe Enzo Amore, Dan? It begins with C and uh, rhymes with uh, Hunt. Uh, uh, <laughs> it rhymes with what? Hunt. Hunt. Uh, before the main event, Junzo are out. Gulak says there's no time for PowerPoint tonight. Boo! It's time for action. He's going to take Alexander and prove to his mentor that he means it when he says no one messes with the Zoe train. In the main event, Alexander and Gulak back and forth start to the match between each two. And Gulak has been focusing on Alexander. Now I think we're finally going to see a bit of an Alexander comeback. He's got Drew Lack in the corner. I ships him to the other side. The big knee by Cedric. Enzo can't believe it at the moment. Draws him out. Clotheslines him down twice. Third time for luck. And Gulak doesn't want any of that and runs to the outside. But Cedric going to go flying. Oh, my God. Kicks Gulak square in the head. Takes the man out. No, that was, I think he honestly kicked him in the head. Swing balls up. Oh, clothesline him down. One, two, Oh. oh, Gulak managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And we got Charles Robinson officiating here. Gulak, well, I think he's busted his lip, and that is no surprise. With the impact, Cedric setting him up for the lumbar check. No, Gulak reversing out. Oh, going for the cover. Alexander turns it into his pin of his own. Only gets a two count, though. And it's always Gulak, great technical wrestling, managing to bridge down. But Alexander's got the power to pull himself up. Go for the backslide now. This move's all about whoever gets to their knees first. Gulak realising that, pushing Alexander off. Alexander, oh, got turned inside out with that clothesline from Gulak. But Alexander somehow managed to kick out. Uh, turned inside out twice there, Alexander. Alexander trying to suplex him. Oh, but Gulak deposits Alexander to the outside of the ring apron. 
The Cedric fight springboards his way in. Oh, face busted him down. Gulak might be out. Oh, but Gulak managing to kick out. Ah. And Enzo trying to get Gulak back into this. It's been a hell of a contest between these two men. He picks a leg. <coughs> He's got him in an ankle lock. Oh my gosh, beautiful by Gulak. Bringing him back in. into an STF. He does. Grabs the neck of Alexander. Cedric's got nowhere to go. And Cedric trying to get there. Oh. Gulak's got him turned him round so he can't reach. Slowly, though. Oh, my God. Gets, Gulak gets one arm. Fingertips away. But it does manage to get the bottom rope. I thought that was Breaks it the then. count up. Oh, and Alexander there. Kick Gulak to the outside. Now he's going to bring him in the hard way. Via the top rope. A Gulak, a man for the no flies, is certainly going to be flying. Well, he's going to get nosebleed in a minute. Well, he's fighting this Cedric Alexander, trying to get him off him. Headbutt down. And now Gulak. Well, he's in unknown territory for him, and he's starting to shake <laughs> up on that top rope. I think he's frozen with fear. Get down, Drew. Be safer. Puts the boot up. So catches him. Lumbar oh. check and Gulak bounces off. One, two, three. Oh. And Enzo's looking on shocked. Oh my God, he cannot believe that. But I think that was quite a competitive match between the two. I know they've had loads of encounters before, but I think that's really enjoyable, you know, and um, told, I think told quite a good story. Cedric is a number one contender and Gulak, you know, second in command of Enzo and Zotrain, if you will. There's only one man left and that is the Cruiserweight champion, Enzo Mori. And Alexander, very impressive. But I think with Gulak... It's brilliant because we know he doesn't like high-flying moves, you see. So, <laughs> like, at the end of it, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, the champion's pissed off and tries to talk some smack to the number one contender while Davari attacks from behind. But Alexander sniffs it out and hits him with a lumbar check too to the end of the episode. So then we move on to the 26th ember, episode 57. Recap of the man whose T-shirt I'm wearing, Enzo Amore and the rest of the Zoe train beating up Tony Nice from a few weeks ago. Followed by a recap of backstage promo between Cedric Alexander and Enzo. The two will meet next Monday for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. In the locker room, we see Gulak looking at his phone, and in comes Alexander. He wonders if Gulak is waiting for his boss to call. Gulak says he's waiting for his best friend to call because he's not on tonight's show. Alexander then paints a picture of 205 Live without Enzo as champion. How it would be a better 205 Live for everyone, especially Gulak, who won't get talked down to to be made or dressed up like an elf. Gulak seems to ponder this as Alexander heads out. Well, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness welcome us in tonight's show. They preview Tony Nese versus Akira Tozawa, along with Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander versus Drew Gulak and Aria Davari. But we're on the first match today, Tommy versus Jack Haha. And we see footage from last night's show where Tommy legit fractured Brian Kendrick's orbital bone and nasal bridge. Gallagher said he's got to witness firsthand Tommy's aggressiveness and he could hear Kendrick's face break. Despite that, Gallagher said he'll teach Tommy a lesson. And then we get a recap from two weeks ago when Enzo was super offended that Zoe Train tried to have a meeting without him. This eventually led to the group beating up Nice. Gulak doing it very reluctantly, though. So here we go. We start off with Jack and Tommy in this one. And, uh, well, this is the Jack versus the kind of British strong style, if it was. You know, cause Jack can still back it up in a way he's got more dirty recently as well. But it's a bit of trouble at the moment. But Itami is not the king of strong style. He's not the king, but he's one of the innovators for it. 
But I've got to applaud that, James. That's the first time you've ever managed to say. I know, I know it's in, innovator, know it's not word, innovative. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but we're, we're getting there closely. <laughs> GTS and the way he kicks. And he's trying to kick Jack Gallagher's head off there, but Jack gets out of harm's way. And Jack Gallagher out without his uh, partner in crime, the Brian Kendrick, because he's uh, currently in, indisposed after breaking his orbital bone. Well, do you think it's a good or bad thing for Jack? You know, do you think this is going to help him or hinder him? I think it's going <laughs> to slow down the momentum of Jack Gallagher. I think he's still uh, vastly popular with the fans. I'm still not quite sure what to make of this hill turn, though. It's, it's, he's not as entertaining as he once was as a face. No, they've kind of taken that kind of special attraction away from him, I feel, in that way. And I feel they're doing the same thing with someone like Tyler Bate as well, where they're just trying to turn it into a kind of generic WWE wrestling. I think what's special about Jack is the kind of personality and the difference that he does bring in the ring. You know? That's what Atami or other Nakamura people are struggling with now. The fact is they're not allowed to work that certain style, so to speak, and you have to work the WWE way, which... Colour doesn't work for certain no. people, you know? Like, why does Brock Lesnar have his own certain style, allowed to wrestle a certain way in match, but then everybody else isn't, you know? But Well, again, you know, we've seen this difference with uh, a lot of wrestlers. You know, some of them can do things however they feel, and others, they have to uh, abide by the rules, so to speak. Yeah. 205 Live, I think even that gets treated less than NXT, doesn't it? I think that's fair to say. Yeah, but, but... I, I think, you know, with the cruiserweight tournament i think wwe had a lot less input in how they ran their matches because we saw some great matches and i don't think we've quite replicated no. them thus far on 205 live and i think that's what's holding it back yeah no i, I completely agree with you i think that's uh yeah it might be cost effective to do this but again tips that we had in type of matches to do an hour show every week on the network to be like nxt I, I think it is possible and i think they've just gone around it the wrong way to kind of market with purple ropes as well there's a certain way of doing things you know and uh i don't think anybody really cares passionately about the cruiserweight division as they do other things you know no but again you know i think putting it on after a show like raw or smackdown you know i think the fans are already quite spent out after this i know they've got a dark match to look forward to after but you know i just don't think it rings the same appeal i think they need to do what they've done with nxt put it in its own arena, treat it as if it's its own kind of show instead of putting it on the back of uh, Raw and SmackDown. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think that's, that's the way you do it. That's the way they did the tournament, isn't it? So yeah. to not do it like that in reality, I'm, I'm a bit, uh, I was a bit surprised with it. Now it's been a year since it's been on. I mean, for me personally, it's the way I've felt about 205 Live in a long time, especially with Enzo being champion. Kind of, even the good matches don't make it watchable, you know, with the Zoe train involved. And so I don't know if that's just because I'm... I don't know if I'm kind of so negative or what it is, but uh, I'm trying to get into it with Atami. He's finally making a comeback on Jack. Been a hill kick to the midsection. Oh, a lovely fisherman suplex there. And he's starting to get some momentum. I mean, these are two great, vastly talented wrestlers here, aren't they? These are two these great... brilliant fucking match. Yeah, yeah these, these are two real in-ring talents. And, and yet... They're just missing a trick with these two, aren't they, you know? They are. And Jack goes to run into Atami. Atami gets his boot up low. Oh. But again, you know, I think if Atami was working here and Jack was back to his facey side, I think this would have made the match a hundred oh, times yeah. better. Yeah, no, it would have been actually. You, 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 you bang on about that. Atami caught him on the top. And now with the combination. Yeah. yeah. 
He's running towards him, but Gallagher scrambles out of the way, but he's finding himself in no man's land. But he manages to make advantage of that situation and hangs Itami up off the top rope, but he re recovers quickly enough. But a headlock takedown and into the fisherman's hook. Yeah. Must have been taught to him by the Brian Kendrick, and I think it's a shout-out, Brian, after um, Itami's injured his, orbi injured his orbital bone. Yeah, he's r ruined Kendrick's face forever. That's what Atami's done, <laughs> like I've done on many occasions to people. And there's no, you know, and this is the justice that Jack's handed out. Can Atami get to the bottom rope? Manages to just drape his hand over it. Well, I don't think Gallagher's finished there. Wants to punish Atami. Maybe hit with GTS himself. Now he's got him in the, uh, the underhooks. Uh, he's got a double underhook on him. <clears throat> but Atami managing to power out of it with a lovely backdrop. Atami beats Jack with the strikes there. Well, it's normally. Jack with the uh, the headbutt that rocks people, but he got rocked oh my God. himself. And then Itami comes flying with a double foot stomp as Jack Gallagher was in the corner. And now he's shouting, respect me. And oh, I thought he was going to go maybe for the GTS, but he's not. He's got the rings of Saturn locked in and Gallagher's tapping out. Oh, no. So the GTS is banned. Well, that, I think that means two things. things. yeah. The GTS is banned, as you just said. Yep. And Neville's not coming back because he's yep. just taking his move. Yeah, that's it. That's over. It's not going to work out. And I, I tell you the truth, after this, I haven't got high hopes for Atami's future in, uh, in 205 Live either. I mean, the fans just shit all over this match. Bit of a disappointment, really. Atami does. I mean, what are your thoughts on the match, Dan? Again, you know, with wrestlers of this calibre, it could have been a thousand times better. But it, it was just, I don't know, I don't want to say it, but quite boring. Yeah, yeah, it really was, wasn't it, you know? Backstage with Dasha Fuentes talks with Tony Nese and asks if he's still a member of the Zoe train. Nese said the next time he sees Enzo Tavari or Gulak, part of him wants to lay them all out. But the other part understands that Zoe is a superstar and his career's only got up since joining the group. He doesn't really answer the question. Tazawa shows up and asks again if he's on or off the train and gets popped in the face. Yes, and that is Tony Nese versus Akira. Ah, 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 Tazawa. Oh, my God. He hasn't waited to start things off here. He goes straight after Nice. Well, after that pop shot from Nice, but the man with the eight-pack is uh, fighting back and he's stomping on Tazawa's face. Well, James, go and say it. Uh, looks like a heavyweight, fights like a cruiserweight. Tony Nice, the premier athlete here on 205 Live. Can he get out of the Ezo Enzo, evil Enzo Amore and finally stand on his own? And he's got a former cruiserweight champion in Akira Tozawa to fight here tonight. And that's a beautiful right hand there by Akira. You're a big fan of Tony Nice, aren't you? I do like Tony Nice. I see potential in him. I like to mould my young men. <laughs> I like Nice. Oh, and I like that. Sunset flips over. Oh, Rolls through with a big kick to the chest. Standing sent on. And now Nice gone to the outside. And Tazawa feeling it now to the outside. Goes for a suicide dive but gets caught with a kick <laughs> from Tony Nice, who then unceremoniously drags him off the ring apron straight to the wafer-thin mats below. Oh, enough said. Yeah, Tazawa might be out. Nice holding his arm a little bit. I mean, incredible athleticism there by Tony Nice, showing what he can do. So another word you've got right. You've been practicing your vocabulary. I am. Uh, my uh, my words. Calabivary. Calabivary. <laughs> <laughs> Leg drop there. Bam out. Dan, you're wearing an Enzo More top, so there's a lot. <laughs> Unless I get a mojo tattoo, you're winning <laughs> all night, every night, every day. This is like the third, fourth podcast of the year, and you're still wearing a t-shirt. You haven't taken it off. You've not washed it. It smells like Enzo. And Nice has been wearing Tozawa down, but Akira. 
trying to get up, but the knees by niece. Akira, Akira. Get him down. Irish whip. Oh, that was a hard Irish whip there. Oh, Before my... sending Tazar into the corner. Nice goes for a cover, but Tazawa managing to kick out. Ah, oh, and Nice has had the sleeper in for Tazar, but Tazawa trying to fight back. And now Nice mocking Enzo with his ha, ha, ha chance. Well, that might be a mistake. Going to go suplex Tazawa. No. Oh, and Nice rolling to the outside after the suplex for Tazawa following up. Oh, big right off the apron. And now this time, can Tazawa successfully go flying? Find out after the break. Here we go. Head first into the chest of Nice. The kamikaze headbutt. Tazawa throws Nice back in. Go for it. Oh, but Nice managing to kick out. Ah. Are you surprised Tazawa's not knocked out after headbutting their magnificent abs? It's crazy, isn't it? They're magnificent. They really are. They're, they're glistening abs, you see. He's got an action figure body. But Tazawa just puts his head in all sorts of trouble. Back in the ring now, going for the kick. Nice reversing. Oh, pump handle slam into a south powerbomb. But Tazawa managing to kick out. Uh Both men up. What is it going to take to put Tazawa away? The amazing Tazawa. Back to his feet, winning exchange. Oh. Runs into a big forearm from Nice. But Nice runs into a big boot from Tazawa. He follows it up with a clothesline attempt, but Nice ducks it. Oh, my God. Kick to the midsection, a couple of knees to the jaw, looks for the sweep. Tozawa jumps over it, attempts to turn Nice inside out with the exploder. But Nice turns it into a roll-up and then Akira Tozawa with looks like a troubling paradise. And I think that's knocked out Tony Nice. And is now Tozawa going to go for that off-the-top rope sent on. Nice up. Oh! Slap to the face. Unceremoniously throws Tazara off the top. That's the second time I've used that, so I'm discontinuing <laughs> that move. And Tazara in trouble. Nice. Oh! oh, with a running knees. One, two, three. Oh. And is that a bit of redemption from Tony after falling foul to the Zoe train? I think it is. And I think Nice looked really, really strong there. And I think he's backing up. Exactly what he says in the ring. I think that was a really good match between you two. I think it started off quick. Yeah, it's a little bit slow in the middle, but it kind of. I was honest to keep telling, telling a story, but do you know what I mean? I, I thought it was quite good. Dan, what are your thoughts? I was quite impressed by that match. It's probably been the best match we've seen so far in this uh, 25 Live recap. Yeah. Well, we move on, and Vic Joseph says he can't confirm, but it's possible Enzo wasn't here because he had a date tonight. We get a recap with Nia Jackson Enzo standing under the mistletoe. Uh, as they go in for a kiss, Alexa Bliss breaks up their merriment. Yes, and like me, she doesn't want to see it. So our main event is Avira Davari and Drew Gulak versus Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Well, Gulak jumps on the mic before the match gets started and asks the crowd, how are you doing? And says they represent the Zoe train. Since the year is nearly over, it's time for us to reflect on the good and bad, and the bad being Enzo Amore. We then get to his PowerPoint presentation. Nope, never mind. Out comes Alexander and Ali. Every time, Gulak yells. Alexander says sorry to interrupt, but he had to note that they are in the hometown of Ali, which gets an OK pop followed by an Ali chant. Gulak yells no chanting. And then Ali says, Zoe trained, Davari and Gulak wouldn't be friends. Davari wouldn't be around a blue-collar guy like Gulak. Alexander and Ali try to stir the pot, so they're getting played by each other and by Enzo. Alexander then says, if Enzo had to pick between the Zoe train and I, Jax, who do you think he'd go with? Ali and Gulak get things going. Ali easily handles his opponent before bringing in Alexander. Double hip toss, pin count, only a one count. 
Alexander continues to go to work, tries for another quick pin. Just one, though. Ali's brought back in, gets distracted by Davari. Gulak finally lands a big strike and tags in his partner. Ali's getting worked over by Davari, crowned with another Ali chant, clearly behind him in this one. Davari with a spine buff to pin. Two. Two. Alexander brought in, gets sent to the apron, knee to the face, topples him down to the floor. Davari chases, slams his head onto the announcer's table. Action back in the ring and Gulak is tagged in. Big stop pin. Two. Two. And then Alexander with a nice springboard flatliner. The slow crawl to his partner. Ali and Davari come in. Ali with multiple running chops. Pop-up drop kick. Takes to the air with a corkscrew splash. Action right back into the ring. Face buster. Pin. Gulak runs over. Ali takes out Alexander. Davari sits Ali up on the top rope and goes for a super. Gulak tells him to get down and ends up getting lumbar checked by Alexander. Davari gets dumped to the mat. 054 or the inverted 450 by Ali for the victory. Yeah, so the winners, Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. In post-match, Alexander and Ali celebrate as Alexander says he is the next champion. So then we move on to 205 Live from January 2nd, 2018. It's Atami vs. Gallagher again. Episode 58. Well, we get a flashback to Monday night. Cedric Alexander and Goldust win over the Zoe train, which happened in lieu of the planned title match between Cedric and Enzo. Well, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness welcome us with the with the sad news that Enzo Amore is still ill and hasn't been cleared to be here tonight. Don't worry, Dan. He'll be back soon, mate. All right. They also break down the two announced matches and ruin the surprise about Alexander's tag partner. It's Goldie again. Yeah, a rematch from Raw, which is uh, really good. But, I mean, should Goldust really be on 205 Live, Dan? Well, James, it's funny you say that. Yes, yes. Is it not we planned something? Why, why, why? Well, because I've done some, uh, you know, I like to do a bit of research on certain things. I've worked out that Goldust does actually meet the 205 Live weight limit. How does he do that? He's not under 205 pounds, Dan. How's that work? There's a slight difference because gold, which gold dust is, is measured in troy pounds. And this is different to regular pounds as there are 12 troy ounces to every troy pound, rather than the usual 16 ounces per pound found in the Avori Dupois system. So with this logic... Knowing that Goldust is billed at £232, which you're correct saying that he's over the weight limit, that's in the RV Dupois system. Yeah. In Troy pounds, he's only a bit over £190, meaning he would qualify for the cruiserweight division. And this is an incredible way for WWE to book themselves around the question of Goldust being the cruiserweight division in the future. Hopefully they use it as the bizarre one could be very entertaining on 205 Live and provide a bit more life into the show. Well, that is very interesting. So that explains everything, Dan. Thank you very much to uh, let me know. So we go on, and Akira Tazawa is in action next. We've seen Tazawa losing to Tony Nese. Who's going to be his opponent, Dan? TJP! Oh! My man. <laughs> Your number one pick. For the 205 Live tournament. How did he do in that tournament? Oh, uh, he won, won. It, didn't he? Yes. So um, we've seen two of my guys in this 205 Live preview. 
How many guys of yours have we seen, James? Noam Dar is injured, as you well know. Oh, so we haven't seen him then? No, we haven't seen him. What and about Zack Sabre Jr.? Zack Sabre Jr. is a very famous international wrestler, carrying on. And so he's not in WWE, not so in we haven't room. seen him on 205 Live. No, and Kota Ibushi, no, Kota Ibushi's not one of my picks, and Ho-Ho Lung got released a long time ago, Dan. So. Oh, because he was shit. <laughs> You so, have to be so, so negative, didn't you? So I do something for you, put Perkins here, and look at you treat me like this. So just to confirm, we haven't seen any of your uh, Cruiserweight Championship picks. No. And this is a second of mine. Who's my other pick? There we go, TJP, back after months. And it is good to see him, the former Cruiserweight Champion. Going to start for Desire here. No, it's it's Kota Ibushi, because all your three guys got through the semi-finals, didn't they? Yeah, so it's Ibushi. Anyway, TJP, you happy to see him back? I am, yes. He's certainly been missed, and I think he can breathe a lot of fresh air into this uh, 205 Live division if he stops dabbing. Yes, that, what, do you, what do you want him? Do you want a face, a heel? Uh, I prefer him as a face. Well, he's come back now. I don't know if he's uh, he's still got the kind of babyface music, isn't he? But he's is going to get someone like Tazawa. But then again, Nice was doing his own thing. Oh! And a big punch to the side <laughs> of uh, TJP's head knocks him down. Desire might be looking to put away Perkins. The early going Perkins has been away for a long time. Might have a bit of ring rust. As Tazawa just stumping a mud hole, walking it dry. Perkins got his leg caught by Tazawa. Pretty insecurity, but Tazawa now kicked to the chest and a sent on. And your man's in trouble, Dan. I'm sure he can bring himself back into this. And Tazawa's chanting as he looks to go for a suicide dive. Or a kamikaze dive, as you call it. <laughs> oh! But again, for the second week in a row, he gets cut off on his way out with a kick. Stops him dead in his tracks. And that was right on the shoulder there. And Tazawa, serious trouble. And Perkins now, as he throws Tazawa against the barricade. I do like Tazawa's shorts, though. He's gone for the more Spider-Man, the amazing Spider-Man yeah. look. What about Perkins' appearance? Um, There's too much going on, really, isn't there? There is too much going on. I don't even know what his trunks say. I can't really read them. I don't know what's on the back of it. Maybe Perkins. Perkins? Perkins? Maybe fucking Perkins, Dan. Dan! Is that fucking Perkins? Now TJP's going to work over the shoulder for the vast majority of the match. <laughs> Dropping <laughs> him down there with the down. arm, yeah. Dropping him down with the arm. He's really put the beat into him, and now he's got him in a sleeper. So they're trying to get out of this. Ah! 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 It hurts! Ah! Even though this is Perkins' first match in months... The Orlando crowd didn't really seem to care. And they were, we want Neville Chant. And the story was TJ working over Tazawa's shoulder after he kicked it on that suicide dive attempt. Perkins going for the kick. Tazawa dropped it. Now Tazawa turned it up with the kicks himself. Oh, the match is starting to heat up now. Perkins on the apron. Oh, Tazawa. Big arm. And he's not going to go for it again. He already got caught with a kick. What's that, my love? He already got caught. He's going to try it again. Suicide dive. Second time. Lucky. And he takes out Perkins. And now this is it, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but it doesn't look like the end is in sight. Two. Oh. But Tazawa went for the roll-up instead of doing his patented senton off the top rope. Well, he thought he could take advantage, but TJP, former cruiserweight champion in his own right, set the shoulder up at two. Now Tazawa picking up TJP. Oh, TJ low kick into the bad shoulder. Tazawa turns around with a lovely kick to the head. Now Tazawa might go finish this off with a senton. He got caught last week, didn't he, by Nice, but now it looks like they hit it. Oh, no. Perkins has uh, rolled to the outside, but I don't know if that is going to stop Tazawa as he pulls Perkins up by his hair. And TJP, oh! Right to the eye of Tazawa. I don't think referee saw it. 
Well, that means uh, Perkins is a hill. Yep, and Tazawa's head slammed into the ring post. Perkins got him up. Oh, detonation kick. One, two, three. And there you go. TJP comes back and wins. What are your thoughts on your number one pick on the CWC tournament? Well, they've just went down in my estimation after he dabbed after the match. (laughs) I thought it was a brilliant match until that point, and that's just turned it from a five-star match into half a star match. I think you're fair and impartial, Dan. Moving on. In the locker room, Cedric's aren't ready when Goldust rolls up on him. Alexander is glad Goldie has his back, but questions if he makes the weight limit. Well, Cedric, if you go back and listen to us, you'll hear Dan explaining it. Dust says, of course not, but with work he could. And he's just around to help Ced on his quest for gold. Forced dialogue continues for a while, and then they head out. Well, gentlemen, Jack Gallagher versus Hideo Itami is a no contest. Gallagher, complete with another replay from Hideo's match with the Brian Kendrick from the Christmas Raw, says before Itami's entrance that we know the Japanese superstar isn't here to compete, he's here to maim. And then Jack attacks Hideo with his umbrella and a pipe before referees are finally able to pull him away. Dasha Fuentes interviews Drew Gulak and Davari backstage. Gulak says they weren't ready for Goldust last night and aren't even sure he's a cruise rate, but they're up for the challenge tonight. He tries to dedicate the match to Enzo when Dust swoops in and says his name, then gags when he's doing his chomping gimmick because of Drew's bad breath. <laughs> well, Goldust and Cedric Alexander defeated Drew Gulak and Aria Davari again. Alexander was face in peril. Goldust with a hot tag before Ced tags himself back in, takes out both of the Zotrain members with a dive. Goldie teases one foe his own. Alexander snuck behind Gulak for a lumbar check. And we'll move on to our last episode. So let's go to episode 59. Uh, and let's start off, Dan. Yes, and we get highlights from Alexander's countdown victory on Raw, which led to Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness welcoming us, recapping last night's events and promising an appearance by the champ tonight. Yay! We'll see Cedric versus Tony Nice. A segment from earlier today sets up the first match as TJP taunts Grand Metallic about having won the Cruiserweight Classic. Bigger man and welcomes Perkins back. His friend Kalisto says TJ is living in the past. He fires back that he's the original. Yeah, so TJP versus Grand Metallic. It is a replay of the final of the CWC. Uh, Dan, both of your picks in the tournament. Let's see how they start off. Oh, my word. Look at Metallic, though, dressed all in black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a different look for him, but are you digging it at the moment? Um, I don't know if it... It would go with him if he was a hill and he was, you know, with the hill vibe. But, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out, really, with him. Well, Metallic has started off strong in this match with hand springs and arm drags keeping Perkins down. Like I say, Perkins, very bright attire at the... Well, I say bright attire. He's still got black trunks, but you see the yellow and reds. Of course, very, still very facey entrance uh, for Perkins coming out here with that kind of uh, video game. Oh, now Metallic going for Perkins in the corner, but TJP moving out of the way. Oh, Kalisto's wearing black in the back as well, so they must be uh, new Lucha Dragons. <laughs> they must indeed, yes. Perkins gets sent to the arm, uh, by an arm drag to the outside. Here comes Metallic. I thought he was going to go baseball side TJP, but he dodges out of the way. TJP and Metallic both on the outside now. Referee Charles Robinson giving the count. Oh, an Irish whip attempt into the stairs, but Metallic leaps over. Lovely head scissors takedown there. Well, that was that was lovely by Metallic, using the stairs as a uh, tag team partner in this one. Indeed, yes, it was like a bit of poetry in motion. <laughs> yeah. And now, can he stick? 
Can he get TJP back in? Finishes off. Metallic all the way to the top. Oh, oh. but TJP up to his feet and crutches Metallic on the top rope. Puts him in the uh, tree of woe. TJP with the stomps. Running him with a big drop kick to the chest. And now TJP's in full control at the moment. I mean, is this... Uh, <laughs> Since the Cruiserweight Classic, I mean, what's happened, Dan? To the what's happened to Two I Five Live? You've got TJP, Grand Vitalik, two guys who are in the final. Why have they not made it? Why has there been no stars of the Cruiserweight division? You know, because Enzo has just dragged it down to his ridiculous fucking level. I mean, you know, with a majority of the Two I Five Live matches, we was getting, and then Enzo comes along with his cheating shit, and he's just kind of you know throwing a big spanner into the works, yeah. and he's just taken all quality out and he's made a mockery of the whole 2i5 live roster and it, uh, you know I can always find a way of taking it back to Enzo but I think it's a cruiserweight curse I really do think there is a not not one person at the entire cruiserweight division has become a bigger star because of it not no. one not one you, you look at anybody that's been involved not one has, has moved on from I, I, I please tell me if I'm wrong. Well, no, you're not wrong. You know, TJP's in limbo. He, he started off as a face and then he went to a heel and now we're not sure if he's a hace or a fill. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's... You, you've got the, the problem with Rich Swan that he was yeah. contending for the Cruiserweight title and, of course, all the personal stuff happens and, and that's kind of ruined him. You've got the dreaded Zoe train. Yes, the Zoe train, which, who can't seem to get a title defence out of his system for four weeks up on Raw, the Cruiserweight title match. And either thanks to flu or, um, <coughs> you know, being injured during the match, it just doesn't work out in the end. Neville, the whole rain start of the year and what happened with that. The feud with Austin Aries and Austin Aries not making it out to be that. Yeah. Bring, bringing Hideo Tami up to the main roster now. And, and then uh, just pretty much stalling with him at the moment. I know, like, he's he's just being kept in limbo. You know, just like the the brilliance of Jack Gallagher. Yeah, I mean... What, I mean, what, you know, his brilliance has gone downhill since he's done his heel turn, and he's... I don't know, he's kind of changed up. He's not as exciting as he once was. They've ruined that character. That kind of, like you said, that the fun, exciting part of Jack Gallagher now is just completely gone. And it's, it's difficult being able to watch his match, because even now, with this one... They started off quite quick, and now it's been TJP, basically on the submissions for the past, what, five minutes or so? You know, it's like, maybe, I, d- I don't know what they're doing, but it's obviously not working, the Cruiserweight division, is it? So TJP sent Metallic for a backdrop, but Metallic lands on his feet, rolls up Perkins, but he manages to kick out. Uh, but then Perkins, he just throws uh, Metallic into a corner, and now it's uh, advantage back with TJP. Yep, TJP with a suplex, going to go... Float over, go for the pin, but Metallic kicks out. Ah. Now, TJP might be getting a little bit frustrated, but again, another man, the first Cruiserweight champion, and they've done nothing with him. They had the series of matches for Rich Swan he had, but apart from that, it, it's it's nothing. It really is nothing. It's, it's so disappointing, you know. And Metallic now on top of the ring post, TJP on second oh, row. Lovely sunset flip down and just kind of like power bombs TJP, but he's unable to capitalise. And now TJP's down. Can Metallic capitalise? Why, why don't they just play a video package before the match of each guy as well? Explain a little bit something about them so the fans in attendance actually know who they are rather than just like guy mask. But Metallic super hit the bulldog. And now Metallic's spicing this up a bit. Oh, lovely running the ropes and coming off with a lovely seated dropkick. Goes for the cover. Two. Ooh. Oh, but only managing to get a two on TJP. Two. 
Well, oh. Metallic going for one of his uh, springboard manoeuvres, but Perkins had it scouted. Lovely drop kick in the back. And a double gut buster from TJP rolls up Metallic, but only gets the two count. Two. Is he going to try to set him up for the detonation kick now? Metallic up, but elbows to the back of, to the side of TJP's head. Pushed him into the corner. Oh, but Perkins lifts him to the outside. A lovely step up kick there. Takes down TJP. And now Metallic all the way up. Can the 311 boy get the victory? Well, he's, he's walking the ropes. Oh! A lovely springboard off the top rope, dropping that to the heart of TJP. That was a thing of beauty. Metallic now got Perkins up. A Metallic driver. And that's a victory over TJP. What, Quite uh, unexpected. Well, Perkins only come back fucking last week. Well, Metallic wins. Down with the match. It has some good moments, but, you know, it's, it's just not got the edge that it had. I don't, I don't know what's missing from it, but I think they're just putting matches in for the sake of having matches nowadays. Honestly, yeah. How disappointing. Uh, anyway, Kalisto celebrates with his mate after the decision and TJP flips out. Uh, we've got more stuff from last night, including Nia checking on Enzo in the trainer's room and him getting stitches after, again, not being able to wrestle a match without getting himself hurt. Yes, Dasha Fuentes catches up with a champ who answers the question about his ankle by saying he's Ford tough, but the doctors won't clear him. Nice cuts him off and he's saying he'd go tonight if they'd let him. He learned his lesson when Zoe leads the training, kicking his butt four weeks ago. Tony wants back in, and not as one of the group, but as his second in command. So Tony Nice, a man who is just so much better than Enzo in every way, after getting his ass kicked, rather than going against them, wants to be part of the Zoe train. Fantastic. Yes. And uh, Gentleman Jack Gallagher is out, and he says that Hideo Tommy's not here because he's recovering from the beating he put on him last week. Jack did that as revenge for what Atami did to Kendrick, and he plans to ruin Atami's life. You remember he hit him with the lead pipe. Well, Atami's music hits, and he is here. He lands a flurry of strikes and kicks, but Gallagher gets his hands on his umbrella. Hideo blocks a shot with that, takes the umbrella, and chases off Gallagher. Hey, another continuous feud for Atami. Great. In the locker room, Cedric says he knows he'll get another shot or more in the title, and he's more motivated than ever to become a champion. Yeah, because you've nearly had four fucking title matches this past month anyway. Goldust arrives and warns Alexander to be careful he doesn't get taken advantage of. So he'll be ringside for his match with Nice, and he can talk his way out of anything. Says that he's not worried, because he'll hurt a more other ankle if he has to. Well, Enzo limps out to the ring. Oh, oh bless him. With Tony, who does his usual ab taunt for the main event. But we, uh, we have Cedric Alexander defeating Tony Nice via pinfall with roll-up. Cedric, <coughs> Cedric faked an ankle injury to lure Nice in for the cradle. And afterwards, Cedric taunted Enzo with a dance to make sure the champ knew he was faking. They draw at each other with Amore blaming Alexander for, his injuring, for injuring him last night. He attacks but ends up taking the lumbar check. Cedric holds the belt as the show goes off the air. So what do you think of 205 Live this month then? <laughs> um, it wasn't great, and I don't think I'll, I will enjoy it until Enzo is out of the picture. Yeah. So we move on to news. News! Former WWE superstar David Utunga has reported being cleared of charges in a domestic violence investigation. Per TMZ, police decided not to charge Utunga, and the case is considered closed. In November, TMZ reported Jennifer Hudson obtained a protective order against him for aggressive, threatening and harassing behaviour towards her. Otunga was ordered to stay away from Hudson and the couple's son after the order of protection. 
On November 28th, Tungren Hudson reached a temporary custody agreement for their son after she voluntarily dropped the order of protection. Tungren has served as a commentator at Raw and SmackDown for WWE since his in-ring career ended in 2015. He returned to W programming last month as part of the pre-show panel for the Clash of Champions pay-per-view. In October, former WWE Cruiserweight Champion Neville shockingly made the decision to walk out of the company due to disagreements with his current status in the company. After reviving the Cruiserweight division following a hill turn and feud with Rich Swan, Neville will continue to dominate the 205 Live roster with the exception of a very brief title reign by Akira Tozawa, even picking up a series of wins against Austin Aries. One of those wins was the pre-show of WrestleMania 33 in Orlando, Florida. Towards the latter part of his W tenure, Neville was in a feud with Enzo More, who would defeat him at the No Mercy pay-per-view in September. Enzo would com- commence a hill turn following the win, and seemingly Neville was going to lead the pack to dethrone him. While it was rumoured that WWE shows again with Neville, they apparently fell through. Despite Neville not being there to usurp his cruiserweight throne, Enzo is pleading for WWE to bring him back. Well, according to The Sun, Enzo stated that Neville is one of his favourite pros in the business and carried NXT while he was champion. He added, when guys were catching red-eye flights from the West Coast after Raw, Neville was driving out onto the next town or taking an early morning flight. It's the hardest schedule in pro wrestling because you're closing out at the end of the week. I hope Neville comes back and we feud. I've never seen a guy work like he does. Enzo revealed that they were travelling buddies while in FCW and NXT and thinks that he should return because he might move better than anyone has ever moved in a WWE ring. And uh, regarding Rich Swan's WWE status, Triple H and Stephanie confirmed that he will be immediately terminated from the company if he's found guilty of domestic charges from the incident with his wife last month. The Mixed Match Challenge will officially begin January 16th. The match is shown on Facebook Watch, so just two days' time. So yeah, the first six-round matches are as this. You've got Finn Balor and Sasha Banks versus Shinzuki Nakamura and Natalia. The Miz and Oscar versus Biggie and Carmella. Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss versus Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch. Goldust and Alicia Fox versus Jimmy Uso and Naomi. Elias and Bailey versus Rusev <laughs> and La Apollo Cruz Jax versus Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair. Well, a pair of teams from Raw are arguably the early favourites to win the tournament. Braun Strowman has been unstoppable on WWE's flagship show and he'll partner Raw Women's Champion. The size difference between the 6'8 Strowman and the 5'1 Bliss also figures it to make one of the most entertaining teams. Finn Balor and Sasha Banks figure to be a serious threat as well. Balor was the first ever Universal Champion and Banks of course is the former NXT Women's Champion and four-time Women's Champion. A matchup between Strowman, Bliss and Balor Banks could be one of the most highly anticipated matches on the Mixed Max Challenge. Uh, Sami Zayn, Becky Lynch, Strowman and Bliss's first round opponents could be a dark horse tandem. In terms of in-ring ability, they're the strongest team in the bracket and the combined popularity could see them through to the semi-finals regardless of whether Strowman and Bliss eliminate them. Because according to WWE.com, one of the four semi-final spots will be reserved for a team that has already been eliminated. In that respect, the momentum Zayn and Kevin Owens have built behind the Yet movement could be pivotal to Zayn and Lynch. More WWE legends were confirmed yesterday for the Raw 25th anniversary episode, including a few Hall of Famers. A video which aired on SmackDown advertised Ted DiBiase, Sergeant Slaughter, Teddy Long, The Godfather, Brother Love, John Laurinaitis, and The Bogeyman as appearing. 
They join The Undertaker, Kevin Nash, Steve Austin, DX, The Dudley Boys, Scott Hall, Ric Flair, The New Age Outlaws, APA, The Bellators, and Jerry the King Lawler, who will also be on hand for the Milestone episode. John Cena and Brock Lesnar are booked as well for the night. Former Raw General Manager and ECW Executive Vice President Eric Bischoff has been booked for the WWE 25th Anniversary Show. The big event will take place on the 22nd of January from two locations in New York, the Barclays Centre in Brooklyn and the Manhattan Centre Grand Ballroom. Well, this will be Bischoff's first WWE TV appearance since 2007, which was the Raw 15th Anniversary Special. And the most important one for me is obviously... Stone Cold Steve Austin. Because, what? Because Stone Cold. What? Steve Austin. What? The Rattlesnake. What? The Bionic Redneck. What? The guy at Ram Raw. What? A six-time champ. Anyway, what? Yeah, Steve Austin is, is going to be huge because obviously how many Raw moments he had. Dan, if you could pick one superstar that you wanted to show up on Raw 25, who would it be? CM Punk. CM Punk. Oh, fuck. That would be awesome. I thought you were going to say Chris Benoit. No, that... <laughs> <laughs> No, CM Punk would be awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what Undertaker has to say as well and what they do going forward. We've got a couple of side stories. And uh, first up, we've got the New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom 12. And we've got a couple of big well, stories happening in that. Of course, Chris Jericho in action. We'll just read the results first. And Dan, why don't you read the results, seeing as you're so fluent in Japanese? Um, well, we had the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Johnson. <coughs> <I kind of laughs> the easy ones, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we had the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson, over Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo, by submission, with a sharpshooter from Nick on Yo, winning the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Yeah, it's seventh time they did that. We had the Bullet Club, the Bullet Club, Bad Luck Fale, Tamatonga, and Sangalo. The, uh, they beat Chaos, Beretta, Tomohiro, Ishii and Yoro Yanu versus Michael Elgin and War Machine, Hanson and Ray Rowe versus Suzuki Gun, that's Tachi, Takeshi, Izuka and Zack Sabre Jr. versus Taguchi Japan, Juice Robinson, Ryu Suke, Taguchi and Togi Makabe. Uh, in the never open weight six man tag team championship gauntlet match. Yeah, Chaos win last eliminated Bullet Club by Pinfall with Dude Buster from Bretta on Tamatonga to win the never open weight six man tag team championships. Dan, sorry, continue with the, vol- the results because this is results even. Well, Kabota Abushi, the guy I picked in the 25 Live, beat Cody Rhodes, who's pretty much the face of the Bullet Club, uh, by Pinfall with the Phoenix Splash. Uh, <laughs> Los Ingo Bernables de Japon Evil and Sonada over Killer Elite Squad Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer by Pinfall with a moonfall from Sonada on Smith to win the IWGP Tag Team Championship Hiroki Goto over Minoru Suzuki by Pinfall with the GTR to win the Never Openweight Championship Hair vs. Hair Match Post-match, Suzuki at first seems like he's going to leave without doing the deed. But he comes back to the ring, sets up a chair and uses the clippers himself to shave his head as per the stipulation. We then get a video package setting up New Japan's major dates for the 2018 through the G1 Climax. Will Ospreay over Hiromu 
Takashi, Kakuda, Kushida, and Marty, Marty Skirrell with the OS Qatar on Skirrell to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. And we've seen both Will Ospreay and Marty Skirrell live. Hiroshi Tanashi over Switchblade Jay White by Pinfall with a high fly flow to retain the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. And then we had the co-main event, which everybody was looking forward to. It's uh, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. And what was the result, Dan? Uh, Kenny Omega beat Alpha, Alpha Jericho, by Pinfall with a one-wing angel on a chair, retaining the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship in a no-disqualification match. And you've we both watched that match, and uh, Jericho's hilarious, pushing away the, the Japanese security referees at ringside. It's a bloody kind of WWE-based war, and it's really strange that they had that. Is it setting up Omega coming to the WWE? Who knows? But it, it definitely exceeded all expectations, I feel. And then the main event, Dan? <laughs> Kazuchika Okada over Tetsuya Naito. By Pinfall with the Rainmaker retaining the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. And post match, Gato puts Naito over as superhuman but says nobody can stop Okada. The champion follows it up saying he'd like to wrestle Tetsuya in the Tokyo, jo- Tokyo Dome again and thanks the crowd, promising to fill it up next time. He goes on saying his fans are happy and Naito's fans are sad, but he wants to make all wrestling fans happy to reign, not just cash but also happiness. Well, there we go. And there the results. I mean, what are your thoughts on this event, Dan? It was an action-packed event. And, yeah, you know, it's... Uh, I, I think it all went really well. Well, I, I think it shows as well that there's still talent outside of WWE, even though everybody said it's a really talented roster at WWE. You've got people like the the Young Bucks who are still out there. Of course, Davey Smith Jr., who I'm a big fan of. Will Ospreay, like you said. Uh, Marty Skrull, Kenny Omega... Of course, and also uh, Okada is another really talented guy I think should be given a chance. Of course, Kota Bushi, Cody Rose, of course. So there's still a lot of talent out there, isn't there? And it's uh, still good to continue it. But anyway, still talk about side news. And Brian Pillman Jr., the son of late former WWE, WCW, Brian Pillman, made his professional wrestling debut yesterday at an independent promotion in Indianapolis, Indiana. Well, Pillman Jr. trained at the Storm Wrestling Academy in Canada under the guidance of Lance Storm. Thank you for taking care of me tonight. Wrestling is such a beautiful and exhilarating thing when the two people in the ring have a special bond like we had. As soon as we met. Like we had as soon as we met. You are so young yet so wise, Pillman Jr. wrote on his Twitter addressing his opponent of the night, Jonathan Wolfe. Blessed is the only word I can think of right now. Well, Wolf wrote back saying he was honoured to be his first professional match and told fans that Pillman Jr. is a real deal. Brian's stepsister, Alexis, also entered professional wrestling business as a valet in 2008 using the name Sexy Lexi Pillman. But a year later, she died after being involved in... I shouldn't laugh. After being involved in an automobile accident. I mean... Automobile. Yeah, I mean, I think the Pillman's family name is Lucky. Uh, so we'll see if Pillman Jr. can make it. It's another guy we'll be keeping our eyes on. Raw and Smackdown from New Year's that we've not talked about yet. January 4th. And we're just going to compare Raw and Smackdown. Because on Raw... Balor Club reunited. Finn Balor, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson had much needed life breathed into their on-screen personas. As the trio of the Bullet Club Illuminati reunited for a six-man tag match against the Miz Taraj and Elias. 
<clears throat> though Balor probably sold more than he should have for the likes of Bo, Dallas and Curtis Axel, the energy, the free superstars and the excitement it generated among fans is a good indication that the booking decision is one people want to get behind. Yeah, well, on SmackDown, we had tag team controversy. The Usos successfully defended their SmackDown titles against Benjamin and Gable, though not without a referee reversing his decision and creating real debate about who the true champions are. We always talk about, we get confused between who Jimmy and Jay is, and they finally did it on SmackDown where they switched tag team partners. Gable and Benjamin got the pin, but obviously not on the right Uso. What were your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a clever way of kind of freshening freshen up a little bit? Um, if you know I don't know. It is a bit, but... You know, we used to see Twin Magic with the Bellas. I saw, like, they, they showed a, a clip of it this week on SmackDown. And, you know, both men were going for a tag. And, you know, they got the pin, the hands raised in celebration. And then another referee came out, reversed the decision. You know, why are they doing things like that now? You know, when Enzo cheats his way to victory, they don't reverse the decision. You know, and it, it yeah, just, just yeah, seems yeah, weird. Yeah. You know, they only do it when it suits. Exactly. It's like video, yeah, using exactly... Yeah, you're you bang on about that one. On Raw, you had the Intercontinental title war between Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. I mean, this went near half hour, and this was all out between these two guys. Surprised they gave it to us early, and I'm surprised Reigns defeated Joe but clean in that one as well, you know? And then uh, the SmackDown. Yeah, you had a, we had a layered main event. The intertwining stories of moving pieces in SmackDown, the main event scene, have created an interesting and compelling product. Something the blue brand has not always been considered. But the mountain tension between Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, as we've mentioned before, uh Zayn's manipulation of the situation, situation, and the WWE champion AJ Styles' growing frustration with everyone involved and their effect on his career have combined to make a multi-layered story that, you know, it is a quite interesting yeah. story, you know, how they've got all these feuds and arguments going and they're using wrestlers as pawns and... Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's quite an interesting story. Uh, on Raw, we the first main roster showdown between Oscar and Alexa took place Monday night. A non-title, bet that, a non-title bout that effectively teased a bigger, more significant match between the two somehow, somewhere down the road. The contest was a quality one that showcased the chemistry the two have together. But this represents the champion completely out of her comfort zone and clearly unprepared for the unstoppable force that is Oscar. She was outmatched, overwhelmed and beaten decisively by the biggest threat to her title on Raw. In, uh, in Bliss's defence, though, she must have had a niggling injury, otherwise she would have beaten Oscar clean and uh, easy. Again, in, it's a weird booking decision to do it like that, you know, yeah. especially when that is meant to be our WrestleMania main event if Oscar is to win the Rumble, to, uh, women's main event even. If Oscar is to win the Rumble, she will face Bliss, you know, but hey. Well, up on SmackDown, we had um, Xavier Woods has been one of the more underrated members of the universe over the last six months. He shined bright during New Day's rivalry with the Usos in the fall of 2017 and stood out in recent matches with Chad Gable and Benjamin and the duo of Rusev Day. Uh, Tuesday night, he advanced to the semi-finals of the US Championship Tournament, defeating Aiden English in impressive fashion. Uh, while it's unlikely Woods will make it to the finals or win the title outright, he's got Jinder Mahal up next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the fact that he was choosing, chosen over Big E and Kofi to represent the New Day in singles competition is proof of SmackDown's devotion to give him bigger stars who earn the spotlight. Alright, so that was Raw and SmackDown for the first Raw SmackDown of 2018. Raw review. The Shield 2.0 meets the Balor Club. And it was quite, quite a funny start off. Um, Roman Reigns came out and he was talking about his victory over Samoa Joe. 
and he got interrupted by Jason Jordan saying, you know, uh, we're the champions club, you know, you know we're, yeah. we're great, we're working well together, we're kind of the new shield, so to speak. That brought Seth Rollins out, and Seth's like, you know, calm a bit, you're going to piss Roman Reigns <laughs> off. And then after that, you had the Balor Club come out, and uh, Kurt Angle booked a match, six-man tag between the two teams for the night's main event. Uh, it was quite funny during that, the fans chanting, who's your daddy at Jason Jordan? And then Balor said, I've been running with Gallows and Anderson 10 years before you know Kurt, before you knew Kurt Angle was your dad. Uh, we had Anne Bailey versus Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose. Mickey James stood in Banks and Bailey's corner as they took on two-thirds of absolution. Um, Banks and Bailey win via submission, uh, the Banks statement. Oh, wow. Yeah, so absolution. I think they've got their first loss. Yeah, first loss and page not around at the moment. We'll have more details about that soon but we're moving on we had the the woken matt hardy going against kurt hawkins uh his new entrance oh right the one you talked about the last uh, uh, as he made his way to the ring hawkins pounced as the bell rang but it did look like a completely different matt hardy really did it for a man that's been around for what 22 years now? Yeah. 96. Yeah, 96 he was open. I think even King of Ring 95, 96 he actually opened up the doors for the for the wrestlers yeah. to come out, you know. So it's incredible to think been rolled out long. But did the crowd respond to it? The crowd absolutely loved it, oh. yeah. Um, Hawkins got Matt Hardy in a move and Matt Hardy just started biting his hand because that was the only <laughs> thing near to him. Uh, after the bell, the lights went out, the Fireflies was there, Bray Wyatt appeared, they had a laugh off, Bray Wyatt walked away, oh. and it was wonderful. The Miz is back. The Miz is back, Dan. Yes, you're the most must-see WWE superstar of all time. Returned Monday Night on Raw. Yes, uh, well, it was... <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't great, but you had uh, both Alice and Curtis Axel trying to outdo each other by giving their boss gifts. One of them took off his shoes. I think the... Both Alice took off his shoes and said, yeah, uh, Curtis Axel took off his jacket. He's like, oh, he has a sports jacket. Uh, Bo Dallas took off his watch, you know, that was going backwards and forwards. But the fans actually responded really well to it, saying, you know, welcome back to him. Yeah. He um, got a baby face response, didn't he? He did, yes. He said he hasn't forgotten about what the Shield did to him and he claimed he was coming after Roman Reigns to take back his IC title. Ooh. And then he said, I allowed Roman Reigns to borrow my Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> True debt. But, you know, it was good. He, you know, as I said before, he's a good speaker. Uh, and then we had Enzo Amore versus Cedric Alexander for the Cruiserweight Championship. The match we've been waiting a month for. Was it worth it? No. no. It, it wasn't the greatest of matches, no. Uh, Count-out victory in the end. It was. It was a bit of a weird one, but we had The Bar going against Cruz and Titus O'Neil. Titus Worldwide. Oh, they're, they're still about then. Yeah, that's good. They are indeed, yes. Uh, Seamus and Zorro demanded a tag team title rematch. Angle obliged. But the bar warmed up with a match against Titus Worldwide after a bleed furry from Titus O'Neil. Seamus and Zorro took control. They overwhelmed Apollo Crews. O'Neill mounted a comeback and in the midst of a chaotic match, he used a schoolboy pin to steal the win. So the bar lost to Crews and O'Neill. Oh, wow. A bit of a shock upset there. They want to be four-time champions at the Rumble. I don't know if that's going to be very likely at the moment. Yes. Um, and then we have... Uh, Strowman, Kane and Lesnar. Of course, we know they've got a match at Royal Rumble, yeah. a triple threat match. Not sure how that one's going to go down, but an agitated Lesnar 
bounced in place as Paul Heyman talked up his client. The advocate complained about the triple threat Universal Championship match. But then he claimed no one could take down Lesnar. So he's moaning about it, but saying, well, it doesn't matter because no one's going to beat him anyway. anyway. So, you know, he kind of contradicts himself. But hey-ho, that's the fun of wrestling, I suppose. (laughs) And Kane ambushed the Beast Incarnate on the entrance ramp. They fought backstage and soon Strowman leapt into the fray. The monster among men threw sound equipment at his enemies and left a scene of wreckage in his wake. Um, he picked up a grappling hook from a box. Uh, from a box. I don't know why they got grappling hook. I don't know why. But, but anyway, he threw it over some like uh, I don't know. It's kind of like staging, uh, staging yeah. equipment, and pulled it down on top of. Kane yeah, he he murdered Brock Lesnar and Kane. Like Strowman's got to stop murdering people, you know. He, he really has, or yeah. be murdered himself. He's putting himself yeah. in some situation. Situation. And then we had Samoa Joe versus Rhino. Ten years ago would have got me excited, I suppose. But well, Samoa Joe manhandled Rhino as Heath Slater watched watched on, and don't forget Heath's got kids. Yeah. Um, but then he choked out, choked him out in a matter of minutes. After the bout, he. Proclaimed himself as to be, he proclaimed he has broken reins and entered himself into the Royal Rumble, and he promised to eliminate John Cena. Yeah, which I thought was a really interesting statement. But the same, even uh, more interesting that happened during that match. We'll get onto that in a little bit about Samoa Joe. But yeah, at the yeah. moment, um, up next, I'm not quite sure what kind of effect Enzo has been having on Nia Jax, but she stupidly took it upon herself to attack Oscar. Why? Why would you do that? Well, backstage, Alexa Bliss had told Nia Jax Oscar had been bad mouthing her. Jax announced she would take down Oscar in the Royal Rumble match and she followed up by driving Oscar into the canvas and leaving her laying. But isn't that bad though? That like age of women's equal rights, it's girls gossiping to get <laughs> get Oscar in trouble. And how many times has Nia Jackson, uh, Alexa Bliss turned on each other this year? Let alone anything yeah, else, indeed, you know. But you know it. It is wrestling. Isn't yeah, it? it's going to be Nia Jax versus Oscar next week on Raw, which I think should be quite interesting. It will probably be arguably Oscar's biggest test on Raw. Yeah. Apart from obviously going against Bliss. Yeah. Uh, and the main was the Balor Club versus Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Jason Jordan. So finally we get the club versus the shield. Do you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, by this point, it's like shield 8.0, isn't it? You know? It is. Yeah, but um, the heels were able to bring the big dog to his knees and take turns wailing on him. He, even with his left arm hanging at his side due to in-ring abuse, Rollins was able to mount a comeback. The battle club took advantage of Jordan getting away of his own teammates. Battle hit the coup de grace on Rollins to take home the victory. Wow. All right, so move on to SmackDown now. Smackdown summary. Well, we started off with AJ Styles and he's reacting to the handy match. Handy match. And AJ Styles is reacting to the handicap match announcement. Uh, he talked about going up against both Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at the Rumble. He said that Brian's decision wasn't fair, but he accepted it. Young pressed him, trying to get him to comment on Brian's job as general manager. And Kevin Owens and Zayn sorting it out to interrupt. The Hills promised Styles wouldn't leave the Royal Rumble pay-per-view with the double. And then McMahon came out and booked a handicap match featuring Nakamura, Randy Orton and Styles against Owen and Zayn. 
And then Brian looked on disapprovingly at him backstage. Um, and Styles was saying, you know, is there any chance I can beat the crap out of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, what are you thinking about a handicap match for the heavyweight it's a weird, It's a weird thing, isn't it, that they've, they've got involved now uh, in this it, unfair advantage of AJ. Will we see like a Zayn and Owens split maybe at the Rumble? Is that Co-championships. What, co-championship run. Will McMahon get will involved? Will turn on each other? Like, will exactly. Zayn go for the cover and then Kevin Owens pull him off? But, well, the, the thing is, though, you've got to have a payday at some point. It's all well and good. Keep going along with the storyline. But at some point, you need to kind of pay off and, and have a kind of... Res- Will it happen at the Rumble? I'm not so sure. I think we'll, we'll have a lot of shenanigans going on. Uh, and if they, and I think AJ's WWE title reign is in big trouble come Rumble. Yes, well, um, up next we had our first match of the night, and that was Becky Lynch versus Ruby Riot with two Ts. Becky Lynch had Charlotte Flair and Naomi in a corner as she clashed with one member of the Riot Squad. Uh, distractions from Sarah Logan and live enough to knock her off a game. Riot though, even uh, Riot though, was able to slow things down and punish Lynch with some submission holes. But the Irish last kicker then battled back. She trapped Riot in the disarmor, and uh, Becky Lynch won by submission. So yeah, Becky Lynch looking to be uh, getting back on that roll, and I mean. She- I've got a lot of time for Becky Lynch anyway, so it's good to see her back and winning ways on, on SmackDown Live. Uh, yes, we had the Ascension versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Ooh. And uh, after the Ascension had helped out Breezango by being in their corner and saving them from further beatdowns, the Ascension thought that Breezango was going to be in their corner. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Love. But where Breezango had a match later on that night, they didn't want to risk their health by coming out. So they wasn't in there. Oh, fair enough. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers just completely obliterated them. They uh, done like their two-man power. Essentially got nothing in whatsoever. Hardly anything, now. That's so disappointing. If you're going to have a moment in time where you finally, you know, switch it up and be like, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. But then again. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> they, they beat down Connor after he tried to help Vic- Victor after the beat down. And, uh, yeah, they... Like, kind of double razor edged him. Oh, fucking hell, right. But, yeah, you know, the Bludgeon Brothers are certainly going all out with them and they're just, you know, dominating everyone. And our matchup, James, I know you're going to love this one. Oh, fuck, just get over and done. It was Zack Ryder versus Mojo Rawley. Mojo Rawley won. <coughs> Thank you. Up next. Uh, there was a stare down in the middle of the ring with Bobby Roode and oh, don't, Mojo. Don't. I, I, there, will, it will be, there will be hell to pay if it happens next week. Uh, ben demand justice after you know uh, Chad Gable came out wearing a uh, free to tag team titles t-shirt uh, after bad officiating and they said what we've we got to do beat them two times and then Daniel Bryan was like ah you're a genius you've given me an idea it's a two out of three falls match at the Royal Rumble I think that would be a great match if given time I don't know how much time they get obviously it would be on the kickoff. But we'll see what happens. But I, I quite like the storyline. Anyway. Yeah, I, I quite like the storyline. But, you know, with you're going to have two Royal Rumble matches, which go on for, what, two hours between them? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And then you're going to have a triple threat match between three of the biggest monsters. None of them's going to want to lay down easily. Yeah. You're going to have a two-on-one handicap match, which is probably going to get a bit of time. Exactly. So they're all gonna, it's, it's going to eat up in it. So it's going to be about six hours of action there. <clears throat> but then it's getting us in steed for uh, 
WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so we, you know, it's warming us up. Dream of it, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's uh, Gable's personality is starting to come out here, and he is quite comical on the on the mic. And Benjamin, I'm just wondering when his mum's going to come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When and they tell him to paint. Daniel Bryan, you screw my boys out of time. <laughs> you know, that'd be quite comical. But James, a match I know you would have loved to watch, and that is Breezango versus Rusev Day. Oh my! This is this is a dream match. This is, is a dream a match. Dream match. For it's all about you dream matches. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Aiden English declared his and Rusev's entry into the Royal Rumble via song as the only way oh, Aiden English right could. But um, Rusev beat down Tyler Breeze and him and English took turns and beating the gorgeous one. Fandango rallied back though, but the Lion of Bulgaria overpowered him too. A series of kicks left the dancer stunned. The fashion police though upset Rusev Day thanks to a schoolboy pin. Oh, so Breezango finally wins that then. Yes, and uh, it's not going to be the Royal Rumble. It's going to be the Rusev Rumble. Hey, every day is Rusev Day. <laughs> It's Rusev Day. And uh, up next, we had the main event, AJ Styles, Shinzuki fucking Nakimura, and the best wrestler in the world, Randy Orton, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. So the dream team back together. I mean, this is completely unfair against Owens and Zayn, but how did it go? Well, you say it's unfair against Owens and Zayn, but they've got a two-on-one handicap match, so they're just getting them in the steed for how handicap matches work. But in the ring... The Viper found himself in trouble in the Hills corner. We just lulled him into a false sense of security. Managed to gain advantage and he and his partner battled Zane around. Uh, the Hills looked to retreat once they ran into trouble, but my man made sure and he made it a no count out contest. Ooh. So they started walking away. But then Kevin Owens nailed Orton with a steel chair, forcing the referee to end the belt. But my man stepped out once again to restart it as a no disqualification match. Then the baby faces chased down their foes. A King Shasha from Nakamura and an RKO from Orton put Zayn out of his mystery, uh, mystery misery. Oh wow! So the dream team do win. What your what was better, Raw or SmackDown this week? Um, I thought SmackDown was. I, I I do quite enjoy SmackDown. The stories that they've got going on there, they you know they they've not gone on for ages because you know what's his name, Strowman and Lesnar. Yeah. I think that's gone on for a bit, and with Kane involved in there as well. You know, it, it's it, it just. I think it's just dragging on a bit. And you know, how what else are they going to stop these monsters, machines, and beasts? Yeah, no, that that is that is. You know, true, they yeah. pulled staging down. One of them's been thrown in the back of a dust cart. One of them's had a load of chairs fall on them. You know, they've broken the ring countless amount of times. Yeah, I mean, what else can happen? You know, if Kane and Lesnar now let's talk about being injured and will they just put Strowman through an announce table and have a singles match between the two you know it's kind of like it's just kind of predictable what's going to happen but that is Raw Smack and uh, we do move on well arrivals and uh, we've reported on the rumours suggesting that talented independent wrestler Ricochet and prominent tag team War Machine were both WWE bound and now wrestling journalist Dave Meltzer has all but confirmed these deals are done in case you didn't know as it's a new wrestling year, there have been a swell of speculation surrounding several current wrestlers on the independent circuit. However, there does seem to be some truth to the rumours surrounding Ricochet and War Machine. Ricochet is seemingly ending all of his obligations with NJPW and Lucha Underground, 
whilst Raw Machine have handed in, handed in their notice to NJPW and allegedly made their last appearance for them at New Year's Dash. I was asked for an update on the potential WWE signings of War Machine and Ricochet and replied with a very brief but unambiguous response that will only be good for WWE fans. Consider it done. Obviously, Twitter confirmation doesn't mean he's in absolute fact, but he rarely commits so wholly to something unless he's fairly confident in his own deductions or has a decent enough source on the matter. So, what's next? The closer we get to the Royal Rumble, the more it looks like we'll be seeing Ricochet making his WWE debut as a surprise entrance during the event in a similar move to AJ Styles did at the Rumble. War Machine could debut at the Rumble too, but it's less likely for a tag team to debut at the Rumble given that each man would need to enter separately, so I'm not too sure what the WWE might have planned for it. Well, both Ricochet and War Machine would be great acquisitions for the WWE's already incredibly stacked roster of talents. I just hope when they're brought in WWE, they have a good plan what to do with them. I mean, what are your thoughts on maybe Ricochet in WWE, Dan? Um, I would absolutely mark out at the moment, and the picture of me and Ricochet just jesting around at an independent show would go viral. I, honestly, goodness, right? It, like, they say when, you, when you're meeting people... Um, Meet Ricochet the, the few times that we did. Uh, just such a nice guy, you he know. Is, yeah. Like, generally nice guy. And it's not an opportunity you can say that about people, WWE superstars, what they yeah. are. But, you know, we, we, we shared a, a meal. <laughs> we, was that when he asked Luke for a crisp? Yeah, Luke, Luke, we were watching the reaction and Luke came back from the bar. Our friend came back from the bar. And said, oh, I've just shared a packet of crisps. And, and we're not talking about Seamus and Cesaro's bar. No, not, not, not Seamus and <laughs> Cesaro's bar. Came back from the bar. Said, oh, I've just shared a, a packet of crisps and uh, had a drink with a wrestler. I go, oh, yeah, which one? He goes, oh, you know that one we saw earlier doing the flip? He was like, what, Ricochet? And apparently, <laughs> Ricochet was at the bar. Was like, oh, those crisps look good, mate. Can I have a couple? So they start the conversation. Of course, a picture, Dan, that I'll put up on this episode of the two of us Beating Ricochet as well. And I've actually cut you out. Of you've my cut me out, of yeah. The one because it looks no no disrespect to you, but it looks so much better as you've promoted <laughs> yourself being uh, the main reason that uh, Drew McIntyre <laughs> signed back for the WWE or for NXT. <laughs> with after meeting you, you know, it's only fair that I've got my moment but, with Ricochet. But, but doesn't this tell you something about that? Like, me, I should meet more guys, and then they will achieve their dream of success. You know. <laughs> So if you wanna if you wanna be in WWE, come and have a photo taken with either James or myself, and, yeah, and you'll be there yeah. soon enough. It's pretty much guaranteed, and I'm not kidding you here. You know, the amount of people we've met who've gone on tremendous success, even people like Marty Skrull and uh, Will Ospreay, yeah, yeah, Zack Saber Junior, Zack Saber Junior, all the, all these guys, uh, unless it's Colt Cabana. Col Cabanlo's Ring of Honor comes. You know, I suppose, and he's got probably one of the most popular podcasts, one of the first podcasts. Yes, well. one, one of the first, and just behind us, the most popular wrestling podcast. Yeah, I think yeah. you find, yes, second's but, uh, but, but, but you know, seconds, seconds not bad. You know, bad. he was always second best to CM Punk, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. stop it! But I don't even know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> right, yeah, okay, right, back on track. Now. <laughs> yeah, back. In right, okay, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, it would be a great thing. Anyway, back in February 2014, Raymond Rao in the finals of Ring of Honor's third top prospect tournament. The two teamed up shortly after and War Machine was born. Could they create a new chapter in WWE? Well, as a team, Raymond Rao and Hansen have skyrocketed through the tag team ranks of the independent pro wrestling scene in a very short amount of time. As War Machine, the team uses the unique combination of power, speed, strength, agility, acrobatics and toughness. 
These attributes, as well as their ability to consistently improve, have led them to reportedly signing with WWE just four years after the In those four years, War Machine has built a very impressive resume, which includes winning the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship, as well as the IWGP Tag Team Championship twice. We have recently seen a shift in the mindset of WWE management from the sense they have been allowing outside talents to keep their gimmicks when entering the company. In the past, WWE liked to change pretty much everything about what made a talent a hot commodity on the independent circuit and rename, remould them in their own image. The new mindset is refreshing to fans like myself. They are forced to have to reprogram our brains and try to forget the wrestlers that we have been watching outside of WWE for years. Because of this, I fully accept War Machine to continue to look, act and perform the same way they got signed to the company in the first place. So, a change of times now, uh, but still, I think, enjoyable. Do you reckon they go to NXT or, yeah? I, I think the best thing for War Machine is go to NXT and uh, build up the tag team division again. Because I think it's quite sparse at the moment with NXT. I think you've got Sanity and the Undisputed Era. But barring that, I'm looking forward to War Machine coming back. TM61 uh, coming back from injury as well. And trying to build up the tag team division again. Yes, um, acclaimed independent wrestler Booker Gabe Sapolsky is on the verge of signing with WWE. The current WWM promoter will be employed at, by a consult will be employed by as a consultant, having spent the past few months working on what PWI describe as a handshake agreement. Stage assistants at NXT TV tapings and will be allowed to continue his role with WWN and their Evolve offshoot. With WWE seeking this as a continuation of their existing working relationship with Sapolsky's company, Gabe is best known for his work with Ring of Honor. He co-founded. He co-founded. <laughs> he co-founded the promotion in 2002 and was a head booker during a period that many regard as the company's creative peak. With Ring of Honor attractive tremendous global thousands. He left in 2008 and announced his new role as Dragon Gate USA Vice President the following year, before birthing Evolve in 2010. This move won't come as a surprise for those who follow Sabolsi's career as he's been constantly linked with the WWE role over the past few years. Triple H even addressed him directly during a conference call last summer, stating, I like Gabe. I like what he does. I think he's a smart guy that helps get talent going in their careers. When I have an opportunity for him to be around for us, uh, be around us and learn from us, and I can bring him in and see how his mind works, it's good for everybody. I want to work with guys or groups or organisations who are in the business of cultivating talent and not just putting on shows, selling some tickets and moving on. People that are interested in cultivating talent and helping to push their careers along. And like you say, with Gabe, a very interesting guy under the radar. He used to be working with Paul Heyman and WCW. That's kind of where he learned the ropes. So Ring of Honor, you know, AJ Styles, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, all these guys who came through there. And this is someone who is a very bright mind, and I think Triple H knows this. And with NXT, again, it's the independent fit, isn't it? And making it different from the main roster in WWE, which I think they've done perfectly. Uh, old bit good news yet for you, Dan, with arrivals as well. Yes, Candice LeRae has reportedly signed a contract with WWE after previously competing in the company's May Young Classic tournament featuring female superstars. Uh, on Wednesday, Squared Circle Sirens reported LeRae passed the required medical examinations and is expected to begin work with WWE Performance Center in Orlando in the next few weeks. LeRae emerged as one of the most notable names on the independent wrestling circuit over the past decade. Her most prominent work came in Pro Wrestling Guerrera, 
where she won the PWG World Tag Championships with longtime independent star Joey Ryan, who you man. <clears throat> I'm sure he's got a lot more to no, it. No, honestly, it's, it's fantastic. Like, you go to YouTube. I know you say this. I've, I've seen the Mick Foley. The Mick Foley one's hilarious, but him and Candice LeRae, they, 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 they kind of move. Like, you wouldn't be able to get away with it, I don't think. No, I, but, I think that's probably what's holding Joey Ryan up from joining. Maybe in the Attitude Era. Uh, the Attitude Era would have been, been perfect. perfect. Yeah, exactly. Jinx. You owe me a can of coke. Two-year-old Canada native reached the quarterfinals of the May Young Classic, which was taped in July and shown on the network in August and September, with victories over Rene Michel and Nicole Savoy before losing to eventual finalist Shania Basler. My pick in the May Young tournament, of course, Kansas Ray was yours, but it's good that she'll be signed. Well, TMZ is reporting that Triple H missed the SmackDown Live episode because he had dinner with Ronda Rousey and her agent in Los Angeles. At 8.16, left the Republic restaurant in a car, and four minutes later, Ronda Rousey and her agent Brad Slater walked out and were caught by the TMZ paparazzo. When asked what they were doing with Triple H, Slater said they were catching up for the new year, while Rousey laughed and said she enjoyed fine dining. After Rousey got in the car, the paparazzo asked Slater about the double rumours, and Slater just opened his arms and didn't say a word. Brad Slater is also Dwayne The Rock's agent, and... He is probably the luckiest man alive. He finished I mean, the amount of money that Brad oh, Slater yeah. is make, making um, just off Did we get any Rock. candid pictures of Ronda Rousey getting into a car? Was she wearing a skirt? No, we didn't did we get, get any, any upskirt shots? None like that. No, the no, midget no. paparazzi man no. wasn't out and about. <laughs> no. But with Rousey's deal, and of course, we'll go into a lot of detail about Ronda Rousey on our live shows for the Rumble weekend with all the build-up. Of course, we were discussing who we think may be like 30 participants of the Women's Rumble. Rousey. No Rousey is surprise joiners for the WWE. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, who knows what could happen. But we move on to injuries. Enzo hospitalised. When I saw this headline, Dan, I thought all your New Year wishing dreams had come true. I thought, oh my God. But what was it actually going on there? Go on. Well, Enzo More himself, the cruiserweight champion, was recently hospitalised with the flu. Yes, you heard it correctly. He had sniffles and sneezes and he put himself in hospital because he is a fucking bitch that can't even dive out of the ring without breaking his own fucking neck. The twat. Please read on, Dan. Well, that led to his planned title defence against Cedric Alexander on the January 1st episode of Raw being postponed. Turns out the move may not have had Zoe's blessing 100%. The not S-A-W-F-T superstar showed up at American Airlines Arena in Miami saying he was ready to perform but was sent away by trainers and company officials. Amore left the emergency room and showed up at the venue around 7pm Eastern Time. He lobbied to go ahead with his match as planned but was ordered to leave, go back to his hotel, and never come back again. So the man who you just said had the flu still wanted to go through and perform for the fans. How tough is Enzo More to get out of the hospital bed, want to fight after you discredit him, the cruiserweight champion, want to come, and they said, no, Enzo. You he goes, come on, let me do it. I'm going have this match. They said no. So it was WWE's decision, not Enzo More. So it just well, shows... WWE should actually go more on their decision and just turn them away from every fucking uh, event. I, I, the toughness of Enzo, you know. Given all that, Enzo most likely want to work 205 Live. He didn't because the WWE's already planning uh, two other matches that we'll see in our next episode. So Enzo Mora there, so tough. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, what are your thoughts on Enzo, Dan? How much do you love Enzo over here in that story and seeing as you're wearing a t-shirt? How, how big a fan <laughs> are you right now? Um, 
I actually hate him even more now that I'm wearing his T-shirt. Forced, may I add. This is like well, T-shirt rape to me. Dan, you shouldn't have lost, all right? If you lose, that's what you get. That's what you get. Well, I didn't think of losing when I agreed to these stipulations. <laughs> well, who, who's to blame? Yes, uh, we've got injuries. Samoa Joe might miss the rumble. He fought Rhino on Raw. Yeah. During his match, Joe felt a pop at the bottom of his right foot. Senior ringside physician, Dr. Chris Aman, uh said, we took a look and we believe he has plantar fascia rupture, which is a thick tissue rupture under the foot. We will get an MRI, uh, we'll get an MRI to confirm. Treatment includes a period of immobilisation in a boot with crutches and a pallet-rich plasma injections. Yeah, so we, we talked about something worse happening in the Joe Rhino match. Yeah, I know he challenged Cena afterwards, but it was his foot injury, and it means that it could impact potential high profile for with Cena, and it looks like he's going to miss out on the Rumble. And just coming back from an injury, I mean, Joe at the moment is in a really difficult place because he's at his career now. He's been wrestling for 15, 20 years. So obviously, but we've seen this in WWE with other superstars. The body finally breaks down when you get to I the was, WWE. I was actually watching a video and it had, uh, in, it was from 2000 and John Cena, Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels, they was all at a wrestling training school. I mean, I hope Joe comes back, but it is a, a shame, you know. Uh, yep, yeah, well, following that was described as a scary moment where a stretcher was brought to the ring when Paige had trouble moving after taking a kick to the back from Sasha Banks at a live event in Long Island on December the 27th. WWE took the British superstar off the road. There was no official and that was seen as a sign there was nothing seriously wrong with the recently returned Absolution leader. Well, I've got an update on Paige today, Dan, and it's, it's huge. It is huge news, and we're getting this, and this is reports at the moment... But we are going to report on it. WWE superstar Paige was informed this week she will not be cleared to return to in-ring competition, marking the end of her career. She has been told now that multiple sources that WWE not to return to physical role following an injury she suffered. Uh, obviously, she suffered a stinger and former t- further testing reportedly found it was worse than initially expected. And of course, after major neck surgery... Major next surgery. This is the end of uh, Paige's career. Dan, what are your thoughts on on this? It, I, I think it'll be a big shame because you know I really enjoyed seeing Paige wrestling. Um, you know, it's uh, came back. The ovation she got was just a brilliant reception. She's a great in ring worker. You, you know, just her general mannerisms, how she is. You know, she brings a fresh light to the women's division. Um, and, you know, if it is true and she can't return to ring, she'll certainly be sorely missed. Yeah, I, and the weird thing is as well is that Paige has played a huge role on this podcast in a weird way because during the time she was off injured, we were talking about her as much as when she was here because of everything that was happening outside. It's just a shame now after all that have gone away, she's finally back and, and, and this has happened. And, and Paige, you know, she's only 25 years old as well. Becoming she has the, been wrestling for, what, 10 years? Exactly. Become the youngest Divas champion in WWE history. Of course, she defeated AJ Lee in her debut. And now, you know, former NXT champion, it, that's it. And it is a shame uh, that, that Paige is done, you know? But Monday's match between Enzo Moray and Cedric Alexander supplied one of the rarest commodities in all of WWE, real blood. After Alexander delivered, Enzo came up with a nasty gash by his eye. The match would continue and Enzo's cut would turn 
into the proverbial crimson mask. To make matters worse, the match had to be cancelled, but not for the blood, but for an apparent ankle injury suffered by Amore. The bum ankle could be part of a storyline, seeing that WWE cut to a concerned Nia Jax just seconds after the injury. So while the ankle may be questionable, that blood was real. Natball pointing out the novelty following this week's episode of Raw. Cruiserweight champion Enzo Amore needed stitches above his eye due to a minor injury that he suffered during his match against Edric Alexander on Raw this week. And in case you didn't know, Enzo Amore has had a pretty bad start, or in my eyes, good start. The certified C started off the year in a hospital bed due to him recovering from flu, which also resulted in him being pulled off from the upcoming WWE Mixed Match Challenge. He was originally scheduled to team up with Nia Jax for the tournament, but was later replaced by Apollo Crews. Yeah. So, poor Enzo, Dan. I mean, you've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> right? Enzo has all these fucking injuries, yeah? They're not going to fucking throw in a towel for him. Paige, he gets a little kick to the back. And that's it for her career. I mean, he's just such a fucking travesty. He, he, all these he, other wrestlers. He's a cockroach in the WWE. He just can't die. Um, anyway, and the last thing, long-term WWE superstar Mark Henry is putting his tie from active in-ring competition. Again, Dave Meltzer was saying that Henry's pretty much retired as professional wrestling. He's 46 years old. When was his last appearance, Dan? I guess... 2016. But I think, yeah, you're right. Yeah, WrestleMania 33 in April. He was in the Andre Giant Memorial Battle... Royal. Okay, so now it's time to move on to the best bit every month, NXT. So we move on to NXT Update, and Dan, when does NXT Update start? Now! So yeah, it's December 20th, episode 426. The show opens into a hype video about the two title matches we have lined up before throwing to the NXT intro video. Sanity, Eric Young and Killian Dane versus the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Carl O'Reilly for the NXT Tag Team Championship. So that is what's going to start us off. Sanity versus the Undisputed Era. And this is a match I've been really looking forward to see. Can Fish... And O'Reilly back it up in the ring. It looks like it's going to be Dane and Young, which I think... I like Alexander Wolfe, but Dane is probably the most dangerous member. And as we've seen, Dane is already going to be in a fatal four-way match for the number one contendership. So he could be a double champion here in NXT. First time ever anybody's done that. When the NXT still be NXT tag team champion and be the NXT champion with Eric Young here. And of course, they won the titles from Authors of Pain back at NXT TakeOver. I mean, who are you going to back in this match, Dan? Soon as though it's the New Year episode and we've done our year-end predictions, <coughs> I'm back in the team that I've picked to be champions for the end of the year in sanity. Yes, it's, uh, I've, you know, you, you can't look by him. We've seen uh, Adam Cole coming off a loss to uh, Alistair Black, which kind of shocked me because I thought they were going to go a certain way of Undisputed Era. I'm still not sure about him now, you know. And the thing is, in this match... 
they are outmatched at the moment, so I don't know if they're going to need numbers. But Sanity, of course, have got more numbers because not only have we got Alexander Wolf, but we've got the crazy Nicky Cross roaming around. She could show up at any moment here, you know, and I think that is to Sanity's advantage. But Fish and O'Reilly, I've not really been impressed with the Undisputed Era as yet. I think in ring they performed at war games, didn't they? But, I mean, what are your thoughts on them, down at the moment? They've not impressed me. I, I, I don't know what it is. I've just taken an instant dislike to them. Maybe they are, you know, good in the ring, but I've, I've just, I'm just yet to see anything that impresses me from any of the three members of the Undisputed Era. Yeah, I mean, I don't say generic, but I've not seen anything special, the type of character that they bring either, you know. It seems to be the same kind of, I don't say independent wrestler, but... You know what I mean? Trunks and the kicks and the hard yeah. kicks and stuff like this, but nothing but then, really you know, else. You say they pulled it out at War Games, but you know I, I saw most of the major bumps. Major bumps taken by Authors of Strong Pain and Sanity. I didn't see them do anything really risk taken. I know like that superplex was to Adam Cole or from Adam Cole. Uh, no, yeah, Adam Cole, strong suplex Adam Cole into the you crowd. Know, but... That was. It was quite an impressive move, but again, that was more strong than Cole. Yeah, I see what you're saying. We'll talk about strong. Killian just picked up both members of the Undisputed Era, squashes uh, Riley in the corner, tagging in Eric Young. Yeah, I think they've got a lot to prove here, the Undisputed Era. I think with NXT, you can't just come in and say you're dominating it. You have to back it up, you know. And especially when you've got Alistair Black and even you know NXT champion CN and tag team champions in Sanity then you're going to have to go away to actually prove that you mean something, you know? And now O'Reilly going to go kicking Eric Young, but he catches it. But then, you know, I've yet to see anything really impressive from Eric Young. I think the uh, standout members have been Cross, Dane and Wolf from Sanity. Uh, you know, no disrespect to Young, but I don't know. It's, it's, he's not as built as big as the leader of Sanity. No, but I think Young has gone about his business quite well. I mean, yeah, he's not, like you said, been challenging for the NXT title. But I think the performances he's been putting in recently have been great. You know, like when he was won the tag team titles, it was him basically winning it for sanity, wasn't it? And at War Games, of course, the elbow off the top of the uh, War Games structure. I, I think Eric Young, to his credit, has been putting in performances, but like you said, not getting much of the spotlight. <laughs> it, it's about the other two members, really, isn't it? You know, She was big at the ringside. I, I think they're trying to build up Killian Dane and Nicky Cross rather than Eric Young. You know, it's not all yeah. about him. It's about trying to get using the old talent to bring the new guys up. But at the moment, uh, the Undisputed Era in serious trouble here. So we are back after the break. NXT Tag Team Titles on the line. It looks like Fish and O'Reilly have come back. Uh, they're completely taking control of this one. I think that would be the strategy used in this match, wouldn't it? Well done. <laughs> I'm on fire, baby. You have. Uh... <laughs> I've eaten a dictionary. Have you been? Uh, have you been on the king? Yeah, no, yeah. I, no, I bought myself a dictionary and a thesaurus. Unfortunately, not only was the thesaurus terrible, it was also terrible. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, and look at Fish and O'Reilly, the kicks and the leg locks, and like I said, we know they do oh, this. Handsome O'Reilly's in the ring working <laughs> over Eric Young's uh, leg, and he tags um, in Fish. Fish. Who uh, jumps over the top rope and goes for the cover on Eric Young? But yeah, out. Ah. And what a huge night for NXT! Of course, what we've got in our main event is the third, well, the trilogy of matches. It's Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate for the UK Championship. I, I cannot wait 
for that the Tyler Bate. Uh, oh, the Tyler Bate. Come on, son. After you lost to Enzo, prove that you belong here. But Eric Young might be out double suplexed by Unsputed Era. Oh, but Young managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And now, oh, is that... A, yeah, O'Reilly's a good-looking one, isn't he? And now... And he's got a hold of Eric Young and Dane desperate for the tag. And Eric Young now trying to fight Alf O'Reilly. Both men trading big blows. Odd. Young gets kicked down, pinned, but again, shoulder up at two. Two. And now going to go back to the arm now, O'Reilly. Handsome O'Reilly gurning the way in the ring as he's got uh, Eric Young locked in a... Looks like a modified Kimura. Oh, and Eric Young does fight out of it, but a knee from O'Reilly to Young sends it back in the corner. Places him at the top there. Looks like he's going to do some damage. But no, Young managing to fight out. Punches uh, O'Reilly in the face, but doesn't worry because it's not going to make him any worse looking. Oh, but dives off straight into a knee. Gets bounced back to turnbuckle. Responds with a neck off. Lovely swinging neck breaker. And Dane's marching up the side of the apron. And Fish going to stop Dane, and that might have been a mistake. Dane's is distracted, and now they're putting the boots to Eric Young. It is great tag team wrestling. You can't argue with Fish and O'Reilly. And it is Fish in there. All Irish whip there by both men. And Eric Young, oh my God, sends O'Reilly all the way down and kicks off Fish. Can he get tagged today? No, Fish going to go after him. Eric Young puts the ropes down, though. And now surely he's going to get a tag. Don't call me Shirley, but it doesn't look he's going to get over the corner to Killian Dane. Oh, and Eric Young trying to go for the pin, but O'Reilly stops him now. Hot tag. Yes, and now the big man's in. Here comes Damo. He's going to run through handsome O'Reilly, throws Bobby Fish into the ring. Well, I didn't know a fish could, fish could fly. He just got caught there with double clothesline well, by he's Dane. he's doing a bit of fly fishing. He's fly fishing. I don't know fishing. Dane there, big clothesline. They call it the fish. One for O'Reilly. Throws O'Reilly into fish and splashes the pair of them. <laughs> and that's the power of Dane Compelsley. Going to go for a senton. Oh, a drop kick on <laughs> O'Reilly. Uh, a drop kick on fish and lands on O'Reilly. And Dane picking up fish. Fucking hell. Drops the back of his head onto O'Reilly. Two... Oh, that was it. Fish stopped the count. Eric Youngin deposits Fish to the outside. And now Dane. Well, Eric Young's been beaten up. I don't know if it's a great idea putting him in, especially when Dane is as hot as he is. Picking up O'Reilly. Eric Young's going to finish him off. Fish on the apron. Dane gets dumped over the top. Eric Young hits a powerbomb on O'Reilly. Looking to land that big patented elbow of his from the top rope. Here comes Eric Young. Oh, Adam Cole comes He's an out. Asshole. He comes out here and he hangs out Eric Young on that top rope. He is an asshole. Kicking a forearm to the Eric Young's head. Yeah. But Eric Young manages to kick out. Uh-huh. Come on, Nicky Cross. Yes! Hey! <laughs> Nicky! Nicky now! Oh, <laughs> takes out Adam Cole. He gets beaten up by a woman. <laughs> what a fucking bitch he is. And Nicky Cross there. Someone beating the absolute <laughs> hell. Uh, God, that's what we wanted to see. Jessica Carr there trying to break up Nikki Cross and Adam Cole. Nikki Cross will oh, end Adam em. Cole. Go away, Adam Cole. Fuck you, Cole. Oh, Fuck you. my God. And it's taken two referees with all the strength they can muster to get the crazy Nikki Cross out of here. <laughs> Why? Why wouldn't they get rid of Adam Cole as well? He's the reason where it's all been caused. 
Nicky Cross wouldn't wouldn't have been out exactly. if it wasn't for Adam Carroll. And now Eric Young is in a bit of trouble. No, he's not. Big Sla- slap to the face. Slap for Bobby Fish. Well, he was looking a for lovely neck breaker to O'Reilly. It's gonna be it. Oh. O'Reilly managing to kick out. Ah. Well, Eric Young was looking for Dane. No one there to tag in. Adam Cole again in the ring. Grabs- Go on. Go on. Got Smash Cole. Him dead. Go on. Got Cole. Oh uh, no. Oh. Dane into the ring post. Thanks for Adam Cole. Eric Young suicide dive out on Cole. And Eric Young now may be feeling it. He's fired up. He's in there. And oh! Tag team maneuver by O'Reilly and Fish. Arthur. And the new undeserved champions of NXT, the Pats, the Undisputed Era. And how the hell did that happen? How the hell was Adam Cole allowed to be involved in this, I mean, some of the fans are shocked. The Undisputed Era have unbelievably won the NXT Tag Team titles. And this is they're the most undeserving NXT Tag Team Champions of all time here. I mean, what what the hell is that? We got, what, what, why have we got, why is Regal not out here saying, look it back is, at the video? It is actually, uh, I'd hate to say this, but it's nearly as bad as Enzo Amore winning the Cruiserweight fucking championship. I, 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 honestly, I, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, I'm I'm shocked and uh, disgusted. Yeah, I, I mean flabbergasted. Honestly, I'm, I'm more upset about this than I was about McIntyre losing the NXT title, only because of the way it went down in the end. You know, like Adam Cole getting being allowed to get involved in this match so much. I mean, the match itself I thought was good. It's quite a good matchup, yeah. But I don't. Know, it's it's just fucking annoying. It's like you know they notice that Nikki Cross is out here. They dispose of her, but yet Adam Cole can stay at ringside. I don't know. And look at the impact. Look at the referee. So close to the action as well. Can't see what Adam Cole is actually doing. And then Young, you know, getting distracted again. It's just it's just a shame. And now you've got to ask yourself, you know, with all the pain gone and sanity just losing here. I mean, what are these teams? You know, I know there's a rematch got to be coming soon. But it's just, you know, Adam Cole comes off a loss for Alistair Black and then they do this. What is going on here in NXT? Anyway, we have to continue. We do, yes. The show must go on. Well, commentary hypes up our last qualifier for the number one contenders match for the NXT Championship next week and tosses to a video package about Roderick Strong. We then get another Shania Basler teaser video after that. Then we cut to heavy machinery, walking and talking excitedly when they roll up on a Maserati. That's in their way. Otis Dozovich cuts to lift it out of the way when Riddick Moss and Tino Sabatelli roll up to tell them it's their baby and they won't take a picture, but if they keep working hard someday they can have something half as good. Otis yells about states and weights and wonders aloud while they're not fighting right here because he's great. Moss and Sabatelli drive off in their car that they share like that's a perfectly normal thing. <laughs> yeah, we share a car. I mean, what's wrong with that, you know? Well, we get a recap from Deville and Riot with two T's from last week and a video from the Performance Centre from Sonya Deville hyping up her match next week against NXT Women's Champion Ember Moon. Well, after a matching vignette to Roderick Strong about his opponent Lars Sullivan and then a recap of last week's qualifier between Alistair Black and Adam Cole where Alistair Black beat Adam Cole down. I know you're happy about that, but now we've got to find out yeah, who the last man is to qualify for the NXT Championship number one contendership Fatal Four. How many NXT? We're going to find out who's the last man to qualify for that Fatal Four Way match, become the new contender to NXT title. Lars Sullivan and Roderick Strong. And Sullivan have been <coughs> chosen of Cassius Ono. Uh, tonight, 
I don't know about Strong. He's put a hell of a performance at War Games and all straight away, right to Sullivan. And I think that's what you've got to do in this. Just keep yeah. on the big man. <clears throat> well, one of these two guys is going to meet Alistair Black, uh, Johnny Gagano, and Killian Dane in the Fatal 4-Way match. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see which one gets through. I mean, at the moment, I'm not really sure. It could be any of these six guys, six any of these five guys involved in this. But, of course, only four going to have that chance to do it. And Sullivan has been impressive. But Roderick Strong, we know the heart, you know. We've, we've seen him have his losses against people like Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre. And then he, uh, he makes up for that, doesn't he? You know, he... Can he win the big one? This is the question we ask. Someone like Gagano as well. This kind of guy with that kind of support he's got. Can he finally make it to that next stage in NXT where he can become champion? I think someone like <laughs> Lars Sullivan, I'm surprised he's involved in this so on. Yeah. You know, I would expect it at least, you know, a, a few more months of building him up as a kind of silent killer. I mean, Roger Strong might upset him, but usually you have the undefeated streak. And Sullivan is just a freak. I mean, look at this. How big is his head, you know? Well, I think he should team up with O'Reilly to become the handsome duo. <laughs> like, like, I mean, but I've never seen a man with a head as big. Not even Albert had a big head as Lars Sullivan. And now he's taken over and Roderick Strong. Just going to wear Strong down. <coughs> Irish whip and oh, a huge clothesline in the corner. And this might be it already. Maybe... Picking him up, slamming down. Oh, my God. Wow, dropped strong on his back. How old would you say uh, Lars Sullivan is? He threw him halfway across him then. That was freakish. Uh, Lars Sullivan, he's 34. 29. Oh, he's quite young then. 29's not bad. And this big man's looking to put away Roderick Strong. And Strong kicking now, mule kicks. Trying to get Sullivan away. Now Strong trying to attack... Lars Sullivan, but Sullivan just catches him and he's got him in this bear hug and he's just wearing out Roderick Strong now. All the breath, all the life for Roderick being squeezed out by Lars. And he must have had this on for a good couple of minutes and Strong trying to slap his way out. And now with a forearm to the face of Sullivan. He's only got two arms, though. Trying to get some separation. <laughs> a lovely drop kick there by Strong trying to get himself back into this match. And is this, is this probably one of the toughest opponents? Uh, he's beaten Cassius Ono, but again, you know, he's probably his second toughest opponent in Roderick Strong. Yeah, I think Strong is the toughest opponent of Lars Sullivan. going to be frustrated the most, but he's not going to be an easy knockout. You can see what Strong's doing now, letting maybe Sullivan punch himself out a little bit and attacking the leg. No, it's a forearms. To the head. And then knocks Sullivan out the ring. And maybe Strong wanted to do this. Like I said, no one's had the experience. Roderick Strong. But the fact is, can he... Oh, my God. Can he get the job done? And Sullivan there. A huge clothesline. And now, no. Now, no. Going to the Big top. Man's going up top, but Strong up there to cut him off. Can he deliver a superplex? Oh! I'm surprised the wing... The wing? The ring withstood that shock. Oh, oh, my He goes God. for a one count. <laughs> and Sullivan just pushes Strong halfway across the ring. Strong's got no chance well, in this match. Strong can't believe it. You can see the look in his face. Unbelievable. This is the most punishment Sullivan has taken. But even then, only a one count. And now Strong with the knees. Oh. Well, pulled that knee strap down to deliver his final knee blow. But Sullivan powers out and just knocks him to the canvas. 
And I think Sullivan's going to finish it here. No, strong. <laughs> An angle slam to Sullivan from strong. Goes for the cover. One, two. Oh. <coughs> and Sullivan managing to kick out. Ah, strong getting closer and closer. We see the one count. Now we've got the two. Can he finally make it to three? Sullivan getting worn out. Not sure what to do in a, in a situation. 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 Like this. And strong. Knee to us. in with a big knee. Oh, maybe go for the backbreaker. Sullivan's turned it. Oh. A pop-up power slam from Sullivan. Very innovative from the big man. Easy for you to say. Now I think he's going for the freak accident. Hits oh. it. One, two, three. Wow. Wow. Quite incredible there, Lars Sullivan. I don't know how NXT do it. Any other kind of monster-type match like that is usually awful, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, especially for someone as green as Sullivan. Yeah. yeah I don't know if it was Roger Strong. I don't know if it was just the way they went around the match. But, yeah, he, he got kind of taken to the limit a little bit, but still so protected. And I think Roger Strong came off well there as well, you know, yeah. in that, that kind of way. I'm, I'm really pleased with it, and Lars Sullivan does complete it. So, who are the four men got a chance to fight CN then, Dan? Uh, we have... The newly qualified Lars Sullivan. We have my man, Alistair Black. We have Johnny Gagano. And we have Killian Dane. So, it's huge. I mean, I would ask you your favourite, but I think my favourite is Alistair Black, of course, in this one. Dan, should I say? <laughs> it is my man, Ali B, whose T-shirt I was wearing until you unceremoniously made me change into this ridiculously awful certified G T-shirt. Yes, but I think deep down you still like it. We get a, we get the Street Profits in a WWE.com exclusive video about spreading that knowledge to the WWE universe. And then Tyler Bate is interviewed backstage and he said this thing with him and Pete goes way back. And in January, he beat Dunn to win the title. And at Chicago, they tore the house down and he lost it. But tonight is his night and he'll take his title back. And it is, of course, Pete Dunn, the champion, going against Tyler Bate, the challenger for the WWE United Kingdom Championship. Here we go. Bell rings. It is Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate, a rematch of my match of the year. And what a great way to end NXT for the year to have the UK title tournament. It's just great, Dan. I mean, let's, let's just talk how good this is. You know what I mean? It like, is Mustache Mountain against the Bruiserweight. Yeah, it's the two of the, the I think, great performers in, in WWE nowadays. What they can do in the ring and just the way they can go about it. I mean, Pete Dunne there already stretching out the hand. You're going to see stuff you've never seen before, to be fair. Yes, well, an honest question. And do you believe these guys could do more for WWE than just fighting on sporadic occasions on NXT? Yeah, I think given a chance, and I know it's going to be a bit controversial here, given a chance, I think given their own hour show, the UK tournament or the UK guys can be a more popular show than NXT. Because if if you look at the way they wrestle, in that kind of way, if they got the kind of... uh, promo and video and entries they did on NXT and you know I I think they would be as successful and they'd be rivaling rivalry towards Raw and Smackdown as well I think because it's it's something different isn't it you know okay on that note would you like to see them be more of a predominant part of NXT and turn the UK championship into something of a like a European championship yeah I'll take you know like which anyone could go for like the US title the secondary title to NXT and you know, I, having I, a few more characters, you know, fighting in it. For example, you know, like um, Trent Seven. 
and a few of the you know the the better competitors from the UK Championship, you know, fighting all over the NXT division. Yeah, well, this is the thing, isn't it? If you want to create their own division, they'll be great then. But if you want to integrate them into NXT, I think these guys, I think someone like Pete Dunne could go after the NXT title, and I would challenge you. The same, I think, with Tyler Bate as well. So these guys could go in NXT on their own back. People we've seen like Mandrews, and that's the Trent Seven Wolfgang. And I think they would fit in perfectly. But the thing is, I don't think WWE knows. They've kept the UK tournament guys as like an NXT kind of mid-card, as you're saying. But I, I think what we've seen from them, they could definitely have their own show. And everybody, I, I, I think, would be just as entertaining, you know. It's just look, at, look what we've seen in the early going here. This is proper wrestling. People want to talk back to the old style days. This is, you know, two guys trying to get the best at each other and what they could do in the wrestling, you know. And it, British style's a different style to American style as well, Dan, isn't it? You know, that's what oh, we've been saying. Yeah, we've said it ever since the WWE tournament, uh, the UK tournament. <clears throat> and we'll continue saying it, you know. It is it is a completely different kettle of fish. It is. It is a puzzle for each of these men to work each other out, you know. And they may take each other down, but it's what they do with each manoeuvre, how they work the arm down, how they get them down to a certain position, how they get out of it. It's like at the moment. We're done now. Just well, with... <laughs> done, yeah, he's working on Tyler Bates' nose. Exactly. You think, why, why would he do that? Well, if it's in the way. Now he's grabbing the finger. He's bending his middle finger back and he's just punishing him. But all this is, like, you know, it's going to wear down his opponent and it's, you know, helping him in the match. Exactly. And it's Tyler Bates showing that he can still, re- you know, wrestle as well and how he manoeuvres his way out of this, gets the bridge and done, sits on Bates. But Bate still stays with the bridge until Dunn sweeps the leg out and then but Bate back up to that bridge and Dunn putting all his weight onto Bate but Bate still managing to pop up Oh! until Dunn changes it up with a big kick. And there you go. Bate <laughs> angry with that because that's not tight. If you want to wrestle, let's wrestle. That's not wrestling. That's not British. Dunn knows what he's done wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> he gone down, did wrong there. And he goes straight back to that leg. As he got the foot, keeping the other leg down, and then twisting the ankle. So everything Pete Dunne does is with purpose. Yeah. There's a re- reasoning behind it, you know, which we don't see anymore. Now Bates got his leg free, see? But then, you know, Pete Dunne, he's, he's going to just done a cartwheel, but Pete Dunne, uh, but Tyler Bate with a little head spring nip up. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> Tyler Bate raises his right hand, distracts <laughs> Dunne, and just catch him straight in the jaw with a big left hook. Well, <laughs> and uh, grabbing a leg and done going to the ropes, getting a fair break. Well, oh. it's not fair the way he came out of that with a big forearm to the jaw of Tyler Bate. But you could just hear the sickening thud and forearm to chin and oh, and out of chest. And you talk about laying it in. This is what these guys do because it is wrestling. And there we go, Bate, beautiful leg hold, getting out of it. Jumping off the second rope now with a diving forearm. And now Dunn going to go follow. Oh! Dunn's outside. Pete went to follow him and got caught with a forearm there for his trouble. Tyler's in a little bit of trouble. Tyler's in a, on the ring stairs now. Oh, Pete Dunn going to stomp it, but Bate dodged it. Now he's got Dunn. Oh, oh! Crushes his fingers on the stairs. Well, that's payback for you. Dunn wanted to do that same thing. But Dunn chops Bate, and now he's got him on top of the stairs. Now, I don't think I've ever seen that before. 
and Tyler Bate in a lot of trouble. Did you know that The Undertaker is eight years older than these two wrestlers combined? The Undertaker is eight years older than these two combined. So how old's Pete Dunne? He's 24. Right, and how old's... Pete Dunne's only 24? Yeah. Wow, that's brilliant. Tyler Bate is 20. 20, so to go at 44, and The Undertaker's, what, 52? 55. And after that superplex on the stairs to the outside, Dunne throws Bram down that side sleeper. 44, so eight years... Eight years older than them combined, isn't that? And uh, isn't that weird that our combined age, we're older than the <laughs> God, we're old now, aren't we? Hey, at least we're younger than Flair combined. <laughs> Hogan. Oh, I think he must have dislocated Tyler Bates' finger, and I think he's just popping it back into place. And that finger is out of place, and oh, my God. He just pops it in there. You like that? <laughs> Tons again. Goes back to work on that arm and yeah, the that, hands. Oh, that's brilliant. And I've done right oh, back. Oh, he's going to gonna pop it out again. Finger. Oh, no, the elbow there as well. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> See, this is just brutal. <laughs> and Pete Dunn's just shrugging off and going, what? But the people have got to know what for. Oh, kick to the head. You know, people diving off the top through tables and that. And yet, Pete Dunn and... Tyler Bate can get that reaction from just like bending the finger back. It's weird how I, I find it weird how wrestling works. They kind of renewed the old, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Bate now trying to kick away Dunn, trying to fight his way back into this. Oh, but Dunn just so dirty, grabbing a nose, dirty punch, dirty boxing. Now he's got hold of the arm, just kicking him in the face, disrespecting the first ever UK champion. Oh, but that might be annoying Tyler Bate a little bit. Oh, his ears bleeding. He's getting kicked in the face. He's like, come on, bring it. Uh-oh. That's just firing him up. And he's got Pete Dunn. Oh, oh my days. Just flips done over. Like an exploder. That was a lovely... Pa- it just showed the power of uh, Tyler Bate as well. And he's trying to get feelings back in his fingers. He feels it in his fingers. Can he feel it in his toes? Tyler Bate trying to get back up. And Dunn's backed up in a corner. Here comes Bate. Comes oh. running in with a big uppercut. And now Bate's trying to get himself ahead of steam. Here he goes again. Boom. There he comes Tyler Bate bringing him out in the corner. Oh. oh. <coughs> <coughs> that is just beautiful. Dunn went for his six suplex. Uh, <laughs> oh, beautiful suplex. And then a standing uh, stand muscle. <laughs> yeah. Backflip. Pete, oh. Pete Dunn went for the suplex. Bait somehow landed on his feet. And then, what were we just saying? <laughs> uh, a standing shooting star press. And then, yeah, Bait with a shooting star press. Couldn't get him done. And then deadlifting Pete Dunn up. These two men hate each other. You can see it. Oh. oh big punch to the jaw. Hey, but Tyler Bate comes up with a lovely Pele heel kick or front flip heel kick to the head of Pete Dunn. Oh, he's going to go for, for the it. Tyler driver. 97, oh, no. But Pete Dunn comes in and catches the armbar. Oh, my God. And what a great way to reverse and punches him right in the face. Well, he is the bruiserweight. Oh, Can Tyler Bate power him up? Maybe try to get in position where his shoulders are down. Brutal by Pete Dunn. It is, he's just punching the bait. Has Tyler got any strength left in him to power him up? 
He's okay. given it all he's got, Captain. Oh, my God. Boom. Slams him down, but Pete oh. locks in the triangle choke as well as gripping his hand underneath his arm. Yeah, that was a bad mistake there, Pete. They, Bate thought he's getting a better position, but done there. Slip straight in and redness and the cuts and the strikes on Bate might be going out here. Can he power him up again? He does just sit on him, and now he's walking him across the ring. <laughs> oh, and hangs him throat first on the top rope. I mean, do you know how much power that takes to be able to do that? That's... I know. The bruiserweight's no cruiserweight. No, I, I, exactly. He, he's he's a big guy, and, you know, someone like Cesaro doing that would be like, oh, my God, you see what he does? Tyler Bate does it. You're like, all right. Tyler Bate could actually probably fight in a cruiserweight division. Oh, but done. Going straight back to the finger. Oh, he got him up. But he's got done now. The aeroplane spin. Oh, oh he's Pete Dunn. squat. <laughs> Pete Dunn, you like when he squats. Oh, my God. He must have gone around about 50 times. I'm getting dizzy watching him. Oh, he's starting to lose momentum. Uh-oh. Can he put him down or do something? Oh, he looks to be losing his power. Oh, he's gone. He's gone. Oh, no. He's just squatting. <laughs> and he goes back round for a third trip round. <laughs> and he speeds up fucking hell. Oh, <laughs> And both men fall to the mat. Uh, going for the cover. One. Two. Oh. Why are people looking at their phones and not at this match? I'm going to go in the crowd a minute and punch people. Stop looking at your fucking phones. There's a great wrestling match on it. Pete Dunne. And Tyler Bate giving you everything they've got. Innovation, yes. Technicalities are just on point here. Pete Dunn rolls to the apron. And these two are certainly telling a story that these are, you know, rivals. They hate each other. They both want that coveted UK championship. And both men are giving it their all. Exactly. And Tyler Bate's still feeling the fingers that Bate, trying to get feeling back into the fingers that Dunn, Dunn injured earlier. Who'd have thought Bate and Dunn would be so difficult to say in a fucking... <laughs> and now Tyler Bate going on the second rope and bringing Pete Dunn in. You are kidding me. You're going to try and power him up? No. Oh, my God. Powers him up and over. Goes for the cover. That's it. It's over. Go using the ropes. One, two. two. Oh. oh, but Dunn managing to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Using the ropes there. Do you know how difficult that is? The balance. Indeed. But we haven't seen one of our favourite moves. No. It's, it's, well, it's the thing. The, the match is it's gonna, it's heating up, isn't it? it Slowly. Is. Look, One big move there. And now interlocked in each other. And this might be helping Dan out. Look at those kicks to the face. But it's the same point Just every time. away at the ear. Yes, that same same point where the blood's coming from like a shark. But that fired uh, Tyler Bate up last time. It looks like he's fired him up this time because he's responding in kind with the boots to the face and he's just stomping away on Pete Dunne's head. Is it me or the cut's really crazy? Tyler Bate really strong, but uh uh-oh, Dunne's got him. Oh! A bitter end. Bitter end. Two. Yes! But Tyler Bate managing to kick out. Uh-huh. It's not the bitter end for Tyler Bate. The finisher couldn't get the job done. What is it going to take to keep Tyler down? 
And Pete Dunne, not happy. Look at that. Look at this. Disgusted at him. Is he going to try to hit finisher again? No. Bait moving Dunne out the way. Oh. oh. Dunne running the ropes, doing a backflip over the head of Tyler Bait. Yes. yes! <laughs> that is incredible. And he bats off the top rope, head one oh. side, shoulders the other, and then turns Pete Dunne inside out of a lovely clothesline. But Dunne there, impressive clothesline himself, and he just turned Bait inside out. And people are... St- what the fuck is that cunt doing there with that beard? I'm going to punch him in the face in a minute. It is incredible here. Bait and Dumb. Well, that was fantastic to begin with, Bait. And then Dumb roll fucking through around. <laughs> and they're both men turning each other inside out of a clothes. I know they're both on their knees. <laughs> trading lefts and rights to the jaw. Wow. Making their way to their feet. This is slobber knocker. This is fucking incredible. Well, who's going to win? Dunn is, is losing energy. So is Bait. No. Right hand by Dunn. Oh. oh, Bait ducked one, delivered a big right of his own. Hurt his wrist <laughs> with the power of that punch. <laughs> oh, he can't take advantage though. Dunn might have broken his jaw. Even at this point, you have I have no idea which way this match is no. going to go. It's quite incredible, these two here. It's just a shame they didn't get a chance at a bigger stage, you know? Yeah. NXT TakeOver. But we're here now. We have to deal with it both men on the apron. Was Pete Dunne trying to use Bates' trick on him? But I think Bates countered it and just smacked him in the jaw anyway. Oh! And a rolling back heel from Bates to Dunne. Knocks him down. Rolls him back in the ring to try and finish this match. Well, Tyler Bates wants to become the only two-time UK champion... And he might do now. Dunn scrambling to get away. No, he needs to protect himself. But Bait looks focused now. And Bait, yeah, fully focused on. Going all the His way to... eyes haven't moved from Pete Dunn. Off the top! Oh, oh my days. Gets caught with a big right hand. Suplex into the set out. Oh. <laughs> and Bait managing to kick out. Oh. And I have no idea how he done that. And nor does Pete Dunn. Oh, Pete Dunn, just like, what is it going to take? I've hit him with my best move, and the fucker keeps kicking out. Oh, he does indeed. Tyler Bate bouncing off the bottom rope, coming back and just turning Pete Dunn inside out of a lovely clothesline out there on the wafer-thin mats. That is incredible. And uh, it's just fantastic. And you know another thing I've just noticed? Not one ad break during this match either, which has left it, it's, it's made it, you know... Even more enjoyable that we haven't had a break from this. And yeah, Tyler Bate. But they don't slow the momentum down for long. You know, you don't, they don't sit and work a rest hold for about five minutes. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Dun, uh, Pete Dunn had Bate in the side headlock and it was, he was already oh, out Don't get it. the count out. Oh no, Bate's trying to stop this now. Flies over the top rope, takes out Dunn. And now he's got momentum on his side. Throws him back in the rest. Over and done with now. Are we going to see the Tyler driver? No. One, two. two. Oh, my (laughs) days. And done kicking out. Uh, The move that helped win Tyler Bate the UK title has not helped him here. I don't know how he got his shoulder up. I really don't know. Both men are giving each other the best shot. And maybe they are just equal. Maybe for the first time in wrestling, it's just two guys. You just you can't separate them. I'd love to see a 60-minute Ironman match between these two. Oh, this, that would be fucking mental, Dad. Don't put thoughts like that in my head when that would just be the greatest thing of all time. Tyler Bates to the top. Oh, oh my 
Those corkscrew to the back of Pete Dunn. Oh. <laughs> but Dunn still managing. Why aren't these people in absolute <laughs> fucking awe at ringside? I know. They are starting to piss me Why off. Why have we got minus? Why aren't they up saying, I can't believe what is going on here? But there's probably a match of the year contender in the first fucking NXT of the year. No, First NXT. He's like, oh, they're not American, so I don't give a fuck. Uh, what a way to start the new year. Look for at the, him, look. For the you w- miserable cunts. <laughs> what a way to start the WWE podcast off in 2018 with this match, and we don't know which way it's going to go. Pete Dunn picking him up. Or Tyler Bate dragging Dunn to the top rope. Yeah, that's it. And I've done in serious trouble. Pete Dunn, no. Oh, oh, but Dunn manages to spin out, land on his feet. Oh, no. Looking for the bitter end again. Oh. Bang, hits it. One, One two, three. Fuck. And an absolutely fucking brilliant match. And all these unappreciative cunts in the NXT crowd have fucking wound me up because... They put it all on the line. But yet they go and cheer for someone like Adam fucking Cole. Yeah, I know. And no way, Jose. Well, some of them are cheering now. Uh, a fucking performance by Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. You started off the year fantastically, and now you deliver here. Uh, we, ca- What's up, love? we can't help if people can't appreciate what they've just seen, but it's two of the fucking best in the ring right now, I challenge you to top that match. you know what I mean? If you're going to have a one-on-one match, that kind of story they were told. I mean, Dan, what are your, your thoughts on it? I thought it was absolutely perfect. You could see these two were bitter rivals, both vying for the United Kingdom Championship. They both put it all on the line in this match. You know, each man kicking out ah. of the other man's best move. And... You know, just the performance they put on, the story they told, everything was absolutely perfect. It, it really was. I mean, and I, I tell you, that we, you know, some people have said to us that we, you know, we we always talk about NXT, and the reason why we talk about NXT is, in fact, because they always deliver in ring. And even though we're annoyed by Undisputed Era winning tag team titles, we had that tonight. We saw Lars Sullivan, Roderick Strong, and we finished off with that. Like I said, one of the match of the year. Um, one of the match of the year candidates. It's quite incredible, isn't it? And that's why we do NXT Update every month. It is indeed, yes. And uh, that leaves the question, James. What did you think was better, 205 Live or NXT? <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> We're thinking it. we've got three more episodes of NXT to watch and already we've had more fun than we did in, in, in four episodes of 205 Live. Most definitely. And, and when you consider now, the question we've got asked, Dan, is who will be number one contender? Will it be Lars Sullivan? Will it be Killian Dane? Will it be Johnny Gagano? Or will it be your man, Alistair? Well, uh, James, as you know me, I always bet on black. You do. Well, let's find out right now. So we move on to the next episode, and who will be number one contender here tonight? It's the 27th of December, episode 427. Well, tonight's episode features the much-anticipated fatal four-way match to determine the new number one contender, to the 311 boy, Andrade Cien Almas's NXT Championship. The participants include Lars Sullivan, Killian Dane, Jolly Gagano, and another one of my guys, Alistair Black. We'll also see Sonya Deville challenge Ember Moon for the NXT Women's Championship. And we officially welcome to the show and the announced team runs down tonight's loaded card. So let's go straight to the ring with the Street Profits versus Chris Starr and Riley. Yeah, with Riley Apex. 
And he's rocking a nice moustache, Apex. Now, Colin and Elba tie up. Ball's got him in the side headlock. Apex pushes him off. Oh, lovely little flip over there. And Ford now, leapfrog. Another leapfrog. Shoulder block. Picks him up, slams him down. Angelo Dawkins comes into the ring. Oh, both these men with a unique handshake. Didn't the double team move, though? Oh! oh he does look like JBL, actually. Yep. Young JBL, Chris Starr comes in. Gets taken out. Bang! A lovely spinning lariat there. Is that Montez in the ring? Angelo Dawkins. Oh, Dawkins with a lovely pop-up spine buster. Looking to tag in Montez Ford. Ford now off the top. He's got the gold boots, but Kenny Flair. Oh, my. Height on that frog splash. And he pins JBL Jr. My God. Dan, what do you think of the match? It was over quicker than it started, wasn't it? Yeah, I know. That's why it's, it's harmless. You know, that's why I like matches like that. Before you can... Uh, have a problem with it. It is over well, and done JBL with. Well, JBL got hit with a frog splash from hell. He did. One, two, party time. Uh, so the winners, Street Profits, and after the match, they go in the crowd and start a little sermon. They run down the other teams in the division and say 2018 would be the year they conquer after they came and saw in 2017. So they say they came, they saw, they conquered. So we move on to or the next. Or in, uh, in Val Venus's way. They came, they saw, and they came again. <laughs> So it is the NXT Women's Championship on the line next. It's Ember Moon versus Sonya Deville. Well, it's interesting that it seems they overdubbed the entrances rather than doing the spotlight treatment in the ring. Deville with back control early on with a go behind. She looks for her leg submission, but Moon quick to recognise and scoot out of the way. Toss is, is reversed by Moon and hits an arm drag on the challenger. Both women well scouted and evades the other's strikes. Deville hits the ropes. Moon follows and throws Deville off her timing and hits a single leg drop kick. Deville heads out to recuperate. Moon heads off the apron and hits a cannonball to maintain the control as we go to the break. Back from the break and Deville's taken over. Knocks Ember Moon down and goes for the pin, but Ember kicks out. Uh -huh. And uh, Sonya Deville double timing at the moment, isn't she? As part of, she's part of the absolution. Who would have thought the impact she would have had on Raw? Oh, picks her up. Big bear hug. Sounds a doubt. I mean, what are your thoughts? We know you love Ember Moon, but Sonia Deville? Um, did she give you a thrill? Well, if she doesn't pin her, nobody will. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've never really been... I think since Ken Shamrock, I've not really been a fan of the UFC-style fighters in WWE. Right, yeah. Shamrock was the last wrestler to... Uh, to capture my UFC style thing. But he adapted as well because he was hitting hard exactly. runners and stuff like this, wasn't he? Rather than the kind of... Whereas these, you know, they came out dressed like a UFC fighter. They've got these, you know, UFC garments on as well. I think it's... They're trying to be too like UFC and I don't think it works in WWE because, you know, 90% of UFC strikes aren't allowed in WWE. No, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you there, you know. It's, and it's like, like, you know, you know Sonya... Not Sonya. You know, uh, Shania Basler's coming to NXT and how good she is. That kind of gimmick is good. But when you've got too many of them, then yeah. it takes it away from being special. Well, I know... You know, le legitimate fighters like Shania Basler. Then we've got Ronda Rousey coming. She's obviously going to have the same yeah. kind of setup. Is that Ember Moon's got hard-hitting styles. We see yeah. now making the comeback with the kicks that she's got. You know, kicks to the chest and the kicks to the head. And But yeah, it still has, like, of course, the Eclipse is the, the best finishing hold in WWE I maybe say you know it's, it's arguably hard. the best arguably the, I mean yeah. you could yeah I mean but still and now Ember Moon's going to try and run into the corner but Deville puts a leg up 
Oh, and Deville drives Ember Moon down. Might have a new women's champion. One, two. But how would she go back to being on the Riot Squad? How would she go back to being on Absolution? Yes, it would be difficult. But uh, maybe she could. You know, you never know. If she's that tough, Deville. And she looks at the moment, she's got Ember Moon down. Of course, Ember Moon finally winning the NXT Women's title. That takeover dodges the kick of Deville. Oh, but blocks Moon strikes. I mean, that UFC training comes in. Oh, she's in absolution. And a beautiful low springboard by Ember Moon. Drop kicking Deville over the other side of the ring. Huge clothesline by Moon. Rolls her out. Is she trying to help her to her feet? Is she going to go up to finish her off with the most beautiful move? In WWE today. Well, here comes Ember. With a big roar from the top. Bang! Hits the eclipse. One, two, three. Well, not Ember Moon there. Beautiful eclipse. Dan, what do you think of the match? I thought it was quite a good match. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was well worked between the two. You know, I do see part of the, you know, of why she's got, um, they've got the UFC styles. I know there's going to be too many of them after a while. But... You know, it is, it is good on their blocks and their strikes and that. It, it does change things up a bit. But I think, you know, too many can be, can overpower things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. But, you know, the match, it, it was good in its hull. And it's good to see Ember Moon hitting the Eclipse as well. Yeah, it's always great watching Ember Moon hitting the Eclipse. And now she's NXT Women's Champion. Uh, she will have tough challenges. I think Deville did well. Now she can go off to the main roster, like yeah. we say. But there she is, the same. The Pirate Princess. Yeah, Pirate Princess is out oh, here. Oh, and she's looking at that title through her telescope. Well, she's a princess, isn't she? Pirate. She's got the eye on the NXT Women's title. And uh, what a match this will be by the winner of the May Young Classic. And Ember Moon. Doing the classic belt emblem as no one ever wears the belt round their waist. <laughs> round. No one ever wears the belt round their waist anymore anyway. He's feared to say, and Ember Moon holds up that title and saying, saying, this is what's going to do it. The insane elbow. The insane elbow against the Eclipse. Oh, my God. Shania Blasler is coming out and she's choking out. Can't be sane. Oh. The Sane beat her in the finals of the May Young Classics. Tapping Sane's out. tapping out, but it's not a match, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. Oh, Will my Ember Moon God. come to her rescue? Well, Moon must be as shocked as we all are. Basler's got Sane. Sane's out. Oh, three referees. Yeah, two ref- three referees coming out here. And Basler there sending a message to Kami Sane. Come on! And to Ember Moon. Well, Basler up there looking like a badass. And, uh, or, or, you know, and it gets me excited because the whole May Young Classic that we enjoyed, they're going to come into NXT now, aren't they? And we're going to see that. You've got Ember Moon, you've got Sane. Baz, I don't know how the women's division does it in NXT, but it always evolves. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the next step. What did Paul Renner say, Dan? No, he cut a promo for the Authors of Pain. He recaps his team's goals and war games. He says, Undisputed Era doesn't write the next chapter. He says, The Era is on borrowed time because they are the judge, jury and executioners. Well, Christy St. Cloud catches up with Ember Moon after the last segment. She says she isn't hard to find and knew she would have a target on her back. She says if anybody wants a title, to meet her in the ring next time. Then we see a very good recap video of how each competitor going to fight Fatal 4-Way got the big match tonight. 
Yes, uh, we've got a two-hour year in review episode next week with some special attractions. And tag team title rematch between O'Reilly, Fish and Sanity in two weeks. But now, Dan? Now it is time for the main event. Killian Dane versus Lars Sullivan versus Alistair Black versus Johnny Gagano in the number one contender match, Fatal 4-Way. So here we go. This is going to be a fantastic match. Alistair Black. Ali B. Alistair Black. Ali B is in the hole. <laughs> Alistair Black. Dane. Johnny Gagano. Lars Sullivan. Dan, who are you going to go for on this one? I've got to go with my boy Black. I've always betting on Black, James. Well, the undefeated Alistair Black. I, I can't go against him. Even though Lars Sullivan and Killian Dane are imposing monsters. <coughs> I, I still think Black's a favourite. And I think the dark horse Gagano... He finally stopped his losing streak. Can he pull a win, which will lead to the biggest match of his life in a start already? Lars Sullivan throws Gagano across the ring. And it's Dane oh, and Black. Alistair Black kicking Dane. Big knee to the jaw of uh, Sullivan. He's not backing down for either men, is he? He's not backing down, no. He's not. Oh. Kick to the head of Killian Dane. And Alistair Black's going to go flying. Oh, but Sullivan moves out of the way. Uh. Black springboards <laughs> off the middle rope and just sits in the ring. Well, Alistair Black there. Yeah, look at Lars Sullivan. He's not happy, but Killian Dane pushes Black to the outside. Black on the eight for now. And Lars Sullivan gets hold of the leg. Oh, but a springboard gets caught by <laughs> Sullivan. Manages the backslide, but doesn't get enough of it. And he gets his head bounced off the mat. Oh, and now Gagano there. Going to attack Sullivan. And Lars catches... Another guy catches Gagano. Oh, please don't tell me Killian Dane's going to go flying. Here comes Dane! Shit! <laughs> oh, and Sullivan doesn't catch him. <laughs> Jesus. My God. And the reaction there, well, in, in NXT, big men can fly. Well, and, see, these moments like that, <laughs> that was just brilliant. Well, we're back from the break. Well, not still, a long break. Oh, Mr. Regal. Oh, we're back from the break. Dane trying to pin Gagano, but Gagano kicks out. Uh-huh. Now Lars Sullivan. Pulling Dane out of the ring and just ramming him into that ring edge. And I think they're all targeting Johnny Gagano as the weak link, and they're just eliminating everyone else from the match that they can and just trying to take out Gagano. I think that's the best strategy, and Lars squashes Gagano in the corner, goes for the pin, but Gagano gets shoulder up at two. Two. Dane back up, and he pulls Lars Sullivan out. And Dane... Is a great athlete for such a big man, but gets oh, thrown. Yeah, Sullivan reverses the Irish whip, throws Dane into the ring steps, and now Alistair Black's kicking the chest of Sullivan, and this match is going all the way up the <laughs> ramp. Well, we have to have a winner here, so no disqualification. Oh! And Sullivan throws Black off the stage, but Gagano <laughs> comes flying in with a big forearm of his own. I think he's going to regret that, and he pretty much immediately does Uh as he gets a knee to the midsection from uh, Sullivan and he throws him up onto his shoulder (laughs) and just throws him into Alistair Black who's like recuperating next to the entranceway ramp oh my god Lars Sullivan is a freak of nature he's like picking up Gagano with ease and just throwing him off the side no care at all I mean it must have fallen at least 15 feet there Dan yeah, and now Sullivan's arranging some furniture. Well, the announce table comes into play and the commentators, Nigel McGuinness, running off. Oh, Gagano in trouble now. Sullivan. Picking up Johnny Wrestling. Looking for a powerbomb, but Gagano <laughs> holds on to the staging. Well, that's one way of escaping. Kicks Sullivan in. Oh. Comes in with a big knee. 
Oh, another kick to the face, Sullivan. Oh, oh a super kick there. Knocks Sullivan onto the announce table. No. Oh, Killian my... Dane comes running in <laughs> and just slams Sullivan. Oh, my days. Oh, my God. Dane off the stage through the table. Gagano managing to get out of the way just in time there. I don't know where Alistair Black's gone. Oh, We've got at, some blood. Look at the mark up last Sullivan. Yeah, like I said, Gagano. <laughs> Can't believe what he just saw. Dane just doesn't care. Oh, that man flew, though. <laughs> I think he damaged. It was, uh, it was from Dane's elbow. Yeah. Well, Dane knew he was going to make it. Oh, my God, yeah. Well, I think Lars Sullivan is out of the match for the moment. And it looks like Dane is as well, and it's just going to be Black versus Wrestling. Well, I tell you what, I pick Black here, but Gagano is... We know how tough Johnny is, and the fans loving it. This is the reaction you should get for two guys. Dual chance now. Come on, Alistair. Runs into a big elbow from Johnny Gagano, but then sidesteps him, throws him to the outside. Gagano lands on the apron... A lovely step up into Guri, knocking Black back. Oh! But as he tries to springboard his way into the ring, he gets caught with a knee. Black goes for the quick cover. Oh, but Johnny Gagano managing to kick. Uh, and Johnny now has not been in the ring with someone of Alistair Black's level for a long time. Like we say, Gagano been through a big losing streak and now finally trying to pull it out to go against Alistair Black, a man undefeated in NXT. Oh, and just the swift moves of Alistair Black. I mean, he is great in the ring. Jumps over Johnny Gagano, looks for the leg sweep. Gagano jumps over the oh. top, catches Alistair Black with a lovely super kick to the jaw. And now he's going to uh, run towards. Oh my. Days takes him down <laughs> and Johnny wrestling. Oh, the Gagano escape. Can this be the only thing that defeats the undefeated Alistair Black? Oh. But no. A oh. running sent on from Killian Dane breaks up that maneuver. Oh, and now his, his, his skirt's falling off, but he doesn't care. He's there to put a hurt on Alistair Black. Picks him up. Oh. Wastelands. Oh. And a standing sent on. And the man is managing to break up the pin attempt rather stupidly because the look on that Killian Dane's face says it's uh, he's going to make him pay. He put himself in harm's way. Power bombs Gagano down. A big elbow there. One, two. Oh, oh. but Black breaks up that account. That for attempt. Uh, <laughs> not, not bad. Uh, the match hasn't stopped yet. It hasn't slowed it hasn't. down. And Day now is going to try and put Alistair Black away on that top rope. That's why I love NXT main events for. That's why, you Brilliant. know. Yeah. Anyway, Alistair Black to the top. By that bloody elbow of Killian Dane. And now both men are going up top. This can only end badly. Oh, my God. Well, man of Dane's weight. Oh, oh but... Black sides through. No, he can't get him though, Kelly. Dane's can holding he power on. power him down? He needs some assistance from a Johnny wrestling type guy. No, he's holding on. Here comes Johnny. Here's <laughs> Johnny. Both men powerbomb Dane down. Oh dear, Lars Sullivan's starting to recover by the announce table and he looks pissed off. Well, he's just woken up and it looks like a hurricane has run through that part of the NXT arena. Sam Stein's monster rising from a fiery house. <laughs> Lars Sullivan's making his way back. And the three men are down in the ring. And Sullivan is up to his feet, gingerly making his way to the ring. And now he's back in. Black and Gagano realise it. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, they both try to take him out, but he pushes them both off. Shoulder barges for each of them. And they... But with a bit of assistance from Alistair Black. Oh, both men goes for a double clothesline. <laughs> but he just runs right through their hands and takes them both out like a complete machine. And he throws Black to the outside. And now he's looking around and Sullivan looks like a man on a mission. Everyone else is down. Oh, a big power slam. One, two. But Killian Dane manages to break it up. And now Dane and Sullivan looking at each other. The two big men. He's saying, look at your arm. That's what you fucking did to me. <laughs> oh, no, he's picking up Johnny Gagano. He's just assisting him out of the ring. Oh, and now it's going to be the two big men. Right, big man. Well, in this one, I'm not sure. I mean, Dane is a monster, so I'm not back. I'm not going against him. But I think Sullivan would probably. Uh, yeah. There we go. Both men now. It's a slugfest. It ain't pretty. But da- bowling da- shoe. It is, ugly. It is, and probably smells that way as well. Dane was winning, but clothesline by Lars Sullivan. Irish rip attempt. Throws Dane into the corner, but Dane oh. just bounces out with a clothesline <laughs> of his own. Dane. Now both of these men are at a bit of a stalemate now. I don't think one can topple the other. The immovable for the immov- the unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. It's King Kong versus Godzilla here in NXT, and the ring may break before we find out who's the better man. Oh! Oh, both men with clubbing blows hitting each other at the same time. Alistair Black with big kicks to the chest. A brave man to get involved in that. And he's winning it at the moment. He is indeed. Oh, look at that brilliant combination from Alistair Black. Takes out Dane. So dangerous. Turns into Sullivan. Oh. Lovely spinning heel kick. Takes out Sullivan. Springboard moonsault. Beautiful. Dane's up. Dane's down. (laughs) Big kick to Dane's head. A big running boot to Sullivan. And now Alistair Black calling for it. The Black Mass kick. Oh, pow. Nearly knocks Sullivan's head off. Sullivan what out. The fuck? Oh. These pair of cunts. What Excuse the my language. What the fuck doing out here? Oh. A kick to the, f- well, boot to the face of them. Takes both of them out. Black had it one and now he's coming back in. Oh. And the dickhead fucking Adam Cole. <laughs> But Black, oh, Ooh, looks for a big knee, injures himself in the process by hitting the side of the ring. Oh, fucking hell. And he gets dropped on his head on the outside by that undisputed cock. Why the hell are the undisputed out here? Why is Adam Cole? He, yeah, oh, good guy. Ropes taking out Cole. Well, that's the Black beat Adam Cole to qualify. But Gagan, like you said, taking out Black. And, oh, he's going to take advantage of it because Dane's down and so Sullivan. Oh, Sullivan's still down from that black mass kick. Dane's rocking. Oh, Sullivan back up. Oh, Sullivan into the steel ring steps. Gagano uses his own momentum against him. Oh, but Kelly Dane. and Dane, yeah, looking to break any attempt. A pinfall on Alistair Black. And now he picks him up. Could have gone for the cover, but he just wants destruction. Powerbomb. No. Oh. <laughs> A lovely reversal by Gagano. <laughs> Hurricane Ronald Dane, who like cannonballs Lars Sullivan. Indeed, he does, yeah. Gagano now up the apron. Bang! Oh. Gagano DDT plants black. Two, three! And not like this. My God! 
Gagano <laughs> is now challenging CM for the NXT Championship. Well, I thought it was going to be Alistair Black, but Gagano it says shocked everybody here. Would you say it's shocked the system? It has shocked the system, and it's thanks to them that Black has just been defeated for the first time ever. I mean, Dan, what do you think? I think Cole's a cunt. <laughs> O'Reilly's a cunt. Fish is a cunt. But fair play to Johnny Gagano. I mean, it was an excellent match, wasn't it? It was a brilliant match, yeah, until them twats and the undisputed arseholes came out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was an incredible match. And I know it's it's bad, Dan, when your guy gets screwed over in NXT, but I'm used to it by now, you know. And uh, <laughs> what uh, Johnny Gagano does the unexpected, you know. Fantastic match. Highlight after highlight. Didn't slow down, you know. Protected Lars Sullivan, protected Killian Dane. But then hampered Alistair Black. I but, mean, you know, the, the glowing prospects of Alistair Black. I know, I know, you know, it's like he has been screwed over and it has started like a feud between the Undisputed Era and Alistair Black, which Alistair Black, if he doesn't win it, I'm going to stop watching NXT. <laughs> well, look, this is the thing, though, because I thought they were going to feud over the NXT title, but obviously not. They're going to be Gagano, CN, and then, yeah, Adam Cole and Black, so... I'm surprised they've done it as early. It might indicate that maybe Alistair Black is going to be called up the night after Mania if Cole was to beat. Do you know what I mean? Because I thought Alistair Black was going to be NXT champion, but maybe not. Now, it asks, it, it gives questions as well as answering some, you know. So I think it's still good storytelling. It was a great match. Right? Yeah, but, you know, in a way, I am kind of glad that he's... He's not like one of these wrestlers that have to be constantly protected. I know it took a screwy finish for him to get the pinfall victory against him. But, you know, I don't want him to turn into an Oscar where he's, yeah, you you know, he's relying on his streak. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see him go the same route, you know, as a Cena and a Randy Orton, you know, have some good longevity, win majority of his matches. But, you know, he, he gets a few losses in there. As well, yeah, yeah, because otherwise it becomes an albatross around your neck, doesn't it? That's something you don't want. But uh, no, it's still a great episode of NXT. We move on to NXT four two eight, which was the third of January and the first episode of NXT. But as you said, <coughs> it was a special two hour wrap up. Jen Regal welcomes us, welcomes us to the show. Then Kayla Braxton and Mike Rome start the show from an empty full sale. They promise breaking news about the year-end awards, not our ones, which will be handed out Royal Rumble weekend later on and tease the house show title match refereed by Shawn Michaels before War Games, uh, before War Games featuring Fending against Adam Cole. They start the year in review with Bobby Roode's NXT title. Oh, let me, title. let me, let me. Let me. They start the year in review with Bobby Roode's NXT title win in January when he beat Shinsuke Nakamura. No one was giving him a chance here. And Bobby Roode did the unthinkable and beat Nakamura in, in my favourite event of the year, you know. And then this leaves us the footage for their rematch in Orlando. So, can I, can I just... Sorry. So, he started here going against uh, Nakamura. And what? who is Bobby Roode? Starting, you know, I know he's already had one match, but who's Bobby oh, Roode's yeah. next match in January? Mojo Rule. Exactly, yeah, you know, so he's, he's on the up and yeah, up. Yeah, he's on the up. So they show their rematch in Orlando where he beat Nakamura again. McIntyre is shown in the crowd for that show, and we get a video package on the Scottish Superman. We see highlights of DIY's total defence against Authors of Pain from San Antonio, and a recap of McIntyre Brooklyn, and that takes us up to the Adam Cole Undisputed mm. Era promo. 
We get more hype for tonight's old main event and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly winning the tag team titles from Sanity. Tag teams to watch in 2018 videos include Street Profits, Sabatelli and Moss, Heavy Machine E and the turn of TM61. Wow. Yeah, we're back in two weeks. Yes, uh, we get a recap of the awesome Alistair Black Velveteen Dream Feud and a video from their San Antonio match. And to McIntyre versus Andrade, 311 boy, CN Almas at TakeOver San Antonio is summarised before Drew's house show defence against Cole with HBK as referee yeah. is shown. So let's watch the end of this then. This is the house show. And uh, we were wondering where it's going to be on video. And they're just showing the highlights now. They've showed the episode, the other matches on this, this house show, the, the next NXT after takeover so we're just wrapping it all up really because the referee and true magtar at this point nxt champion i'm gonna cry <laughs> adam cole in this match going for the sweet chin music on drew mcintyre mocking michaels mcintyre kicked to the hey. oh future shock ddt one, one two. two oh but cole managing to kick out oh i can't believe it Oh, Cole just hit Michaels with a super kick. Uh oh. No one in the crowd expected that, <laughs> including the man wearing a Macho Man t shirt. Claymore kick, but referee's not the, there to count it. Oh, no. And we wait for another referee. Michaels finally getting up. Just about. Come on, Michaels. One, two. Oh. Oh, and O'Reilly and Fish pulling Michaels out of the ring. Oh, now going in there, beating up Drew McIntyre. The fans at the moment must be thinking we're going to see a new champion in a minute. And look at this assault. This is disgusting. This is what the Undisputed Era is all about, isn't it? The numbers game. The numbers game. Screwing the decent wrestlers out of chances. Yeah, I know. It is fucking annoys me. Back in time, Black need to team up to take out Undisputed Era. Just like they teamed up to take out CNM Rude. Yeah. Oh! Michaels oh. with the low bridge and that fucking useless twat can't even get out of the ring properly. Oh my god, McIntyre just threw fish on Michaels and he's not happy. He's going to super kick McIntyre in, he cost him the title. Sure, Michaels now. Check him, Adam Cole. You ever kick me again, you son of a bitch? Can't do anything and now McIntyre in position. Michaels up. He's waiting for fish to get up and he's tuning up his band. <laughs> Only the way Michaels can connects and knocks the handsome out of fish. Uh, Riley, yeah, handsome O'Reilly. O'Reilly down, but Adam Cole's going to attack Michaels from behind. Oh, future shock. Oh, he spins him round first. <laughs> oh! Plants him with a future shock. <laughs> and now Drew. And Here we go. Boom. Claymore kick. Looks like he knocked a tooth out of Cole's One. head. Two, three. three. That was when wrestling, Epic was right in wrestling. When McIntyre beat Alan Cole. And now look at look what happened since. Look, the Empire has taken over here in NXT. But a fun little match, really, isn't it? You know? It is, yeah. It would have been great to see live. And uh, it's what NXT is all about, always delivering. And that Future Shock, spinning Future Shock DDT, I, I really do. He needs that. to make that a thing. Yeah, exactly. That was really, really cool. We get a look back at Oscar's NXT run. The list of women to watch in 2018 starts with the iconic Joe, Lacey Evans, Kari Sane, Bianca Belair, Vanessa Bourne, Shania Basler, and Nikki Cross. She's not cross, she's angry. Flashback to the scene 
between uh, Sane and Basler after Ember Moon's win last week, and we learn that Shania will make her in-ring NXT debut next week. November War Games match gets a recap highlight treatment, and a look back at Gagano's year starts with Tommaso Ciampa explaining his turn in Chicago, flashing back to flashing back to highlights of that takeover match, and obviously the the start of our Johnny Gagano Award. Uh, the emphasis on Chompa, including Rome and Braxton talking about him after the package, won't do anything to lessen the speculation the silly and psychopath might show up in Philly. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Uh, and, uh, do you know, I think that will happen. If Gagano win or lose, I think uh, Chompa shows up, beats the fuck out of him. Highlights of last week's four-way number contenders, contenders match set us up the announcement of Cole versus Black at Takeover. So it will be Black versus Adam Cole. Dan, who are you going to... I'm going to bet on Black. <laughs> Gagano talks about how he started 2017 on top of the world before it all came crashing down and, and it, hurts it hurts inside. inside. <laughs> he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to revisit what happened in Chicago, so he decided to move on alone. He wanted to pay back the fans' love, but he couldn't, and things got worse. The funny thing about NXT Low is that all you need is one opportunity. He plans to walk out of Philadelphia as NXT champ on top of the world again. 2018 will be the best year of his life. All right, Dan, year-end rewards. Year-end awards categories are revealed and the six returning ones, male and female star, tag team, breakout, match and takeover, and new ones, future star, rivalry and overall competitor. An Ember Moon profile, an extended much better one than the one which aired during the USA Network episode is shown. It's a familiar reality era story, but showing her as a childhood fan. Her parents telling her not to be a wrestler, Training with Booker T, obviously, blacks and blacks. <laughs> Training with Booker T, being rejected by WWE and clawing her way back. It's the best job they've done yet of giving her some depth and establish her as a baby face fighting for the fans and her dreams against World of Challengers. Snuck in the midst of a two-hour special year in review episode of NXT, the Brownville, the second official match for the upcoming Rumble weekend. The match isn't a surprise that most fans who are watching Adam Cole and the undisputed era cost Alistair Blackout a shot at the NXT Championship were likely saw a one-on-one match between the pair and coming. And the ride, the rivalry actually got back to the actually goes back to the qualifying bout. Then the undefeated Black pinned Cole. Well, undisputed era currently hold tag team gold as well, and champs Riley and Fish will probably have a defence elsewhere at NXT Philadelphia. But that won't stop them from trying to help out Cole. Will General Manager William Regal add a stipulation to prevent interference? Could Black's now inspect rival Velveteen Dream return from injury? And even the odds, Dan? Well, we'll find out in a little more than three weeks when Black versus Cole joins the NXT title match between Andrade, Cien Almas and Johnny Gagano on the network card. But there is a bigger thing happening than that. And it is, of course, me and James going live for the NXT pre-show. Yeah, that, that's huge. January 27th will be live at 11pm to guide you through everything there. Uh, and then, like you said, like you said NXT Awards. Uh, Tis the season for awards. We're in a new year now, and that means time to celebrate the year we just finished. And with so many other cases, NXT is looking at its best and brightest of 2017 with a collection of awards. Go through each award, and then we'll pick one out, and then we'll find out what happens on Rumble weekend. So, take over the year for you, Dan. We've got San Antonio, Orlando, Brooklyn, Chicago, War Games. What was your favourite? Uh, 
Brooklyn Frey. Yeah, mine was San Antonio. Female competitor of the year. What the cat? Who are the categories? Uh, Oscar, Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Ruby Wright, and Iconic Duo. And I'm, I'm going to go for Nikki Cross. I'll go for Oscar in that one. Male competitor of the year. Bobby Roode, Macca, Alistair Black, CN, and Strong. So difficult. I'm going to go for Ali B. I'm going to go for Drew McIntyre there. Overall competitor of the year. We've got Oscar, Ember Moon, Nikki Cross, Ruby Wright, Iconic Duo, Bobby Roode, Drew McIntyre, Alistair Black, CN, and Roderick Strong. And I'm going to go again for Alistair yeah, Black. I'll go for Drew McIntyre. Tag Team of the Year, Officer Payne, Sanity Revival, DIY, Undisputed Era. I'm going to go for the Undisputed. <laughs> no, <laughs> fucking not. I'm going to go for the Officer Payne. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Officer Payne as well. Breakout Star of the Year, CN, Undisputed Era, Sonia Deville, Ruby Wright, Velvety Dream, Lars Sullivan. And for the hat trick, I'm going to go for Ali B. I'm going to go for... Alistair Black in that one, yeah. Future Stars of NXT, Street... Pro- oh, go on, sorry. Future Stars of NXT, Street Profits, Heavy Machinery, Shania Basler, Kari Sane, Fabian Eichner, Cesar Bononi, Leo Rush, Bianca Belair and Lacey Evans. I'm going to go for... Kari Sane. Yeah, I'm going to go Basler. No surprise there. Yeah. NXT TakeOver Chicago, Bate versus Dunn, moving on. Uh, <laughs> um, Rivalry Black year. V Dream, TakeOver War Games. <laughs> Revivory of the Year, Nakamura Rude, Moon Oscar, Bait Dunn, Santi Undisputed Era, Black V Dream, Ono versus Itami, DIY versus Offers of Pain. I'm going to go for Bait V Dunn. I'll go Nakamura Rude. And that's, uh, and that's it. Vote that's and take. That's how we do orders. Yeah, that's how we do it. Voting takes place exclusively on Twitter. You go to www.com and cast your vote. And like you said, during the kickoff show, January 27th, we'll tell you who has won them as well. And if you want to like, well, if you like award shows, then. Go back and listen to the WNR Awards 2017, our third annual awards, where we've got 20 categories there, including, as Dan mentioned earlier, the Johnny Gagano Award for Most Punishment Taken in a Match. Move on to our next episode. So we move on to our last episode of NXT, episode 429, January 10th. And tonight's episode takes place from Centre Stage in Atlanta, Georgia, the former home of some earlier WCW tapings. And it will be the site for the next few weeks as WWE and Full Sail schedules crossed. We got our first look at the Queen of Space, Shania Basler, in the W ring since the May Young Classic. The Undisputed Era welcome us to the show and to 2018. They say this is their year and they will prove they're the best at being cunts. <laughs> they defend their titles tonight against Sanity. And Ronaldo and the crew welcome us to Centre Stage Theatre in Atlanta, Georgia. The home of Chris Ben, no, the home of WCW Saturday Night. We go right to the ring for our opening contest, and that is Shania Basler versus Dakota Kai. Yeah, well, Basler has some horse sounds before official feet. Groundwork for the four horse women feud. Because she looks like a horse. <laughs> nay, nay. We're also showing videos of her attacking some talents at the PC that led to this match. Both ladies were all received by the crowd. However, Shania is going to kill your chant. Quickly feels centre stage. And I do believe Basler will, of course, my, I guess, she's she's a she's a Rollins girl. She's a Rollins guy. You know what I mean? Like, she is one of my picks. So, I've got to go with her. Basler here. Hopefully, the Queen of Spades can impress here tonight. I mean, we saw her at the performance centre that someone says, Look, I'll, I'll teach you how to put a submission on. And then she holds it on too tight and they have to try and you know get her off her she's vicious and we talk about that kind of mma style basler is the real deal you know and she's going after dakota kai who was quite successful in the may young classic weren't she you know yeah and she gets her in an arm bar and it doesn't look like kai's got anywhere to go no she's in a lot of trouble now playing around with her hand can manipulate the joints 
We saw this in the kind of UK title match, didn't we, with uh, Bait and Dunn. Yeah. The arm ringer there. And she seems to be smirking. She hasn't got a cigarette in her gob, James. She's just got a grin on her face. Oh. And she kicks Kai straight in the tip. <laughs> right in the chest there. And that is the impact for you. And Basler just standing on the hand of Kai. She's uh, oh. totally absorbing this heel persona. <laughs> and she stamps on the elbow of Kai. And the referee looks... And she's just snapped the arm, and the referee's had the call for the bell. And Basler wins here impressively, and I think Kai's arm's seriously injured. Look at the state of it. It's twisted and distorted in a manner that I'm not used to seeing. And it must make you feel a bit uneasy. It does a bit, yeah. And as trainers come out and uh, try and look at what's up with uh, Dakota Kai. Well, this replay, difficult to watch, and oh my god. You can see it there. Oh, fuck. And Basler now, oh, come on. She's locked in a chokehold, locked in a coquina clutch. <clears throat> and to add insult to injury, she's going to choke out the May Young classic competitor. Who's probably broke her arm and now being choked out. And Basler showing her mental side. And she's definitely going to be one to watch. 2018. Oh, here comes Ember Moon, though. <laughs> oh, and Ember wants some, though. No, just checking on Kai. And Basler's just standing there laughing at Ember Moon. And she's uh, smiling over her handiwork. Well, Basler's not really broken a sweat in Ember. And but a face off, eh? And the referee's going to try and get in the way. It might not work for Basler, Ember Moon. Oh, no, Basler getting out of the way. She knows her time. When it, she knows to pick her time. Right, so we move on. Backstage promo with Authors of Pain and Paul Wellering saying they want their titles back and whoever has them will suffer. And then we're shown a recap of Basler possibly breaking Kai's arm. And Chrissy St. Cloud attempts to interview her after the encounter, but Mr. Regal intercepts, saying he's been in this business for years and can see right through any game she's playing. People from behind will not get her a title shot. Oh, so Regal there showing his authority. And we're moving on to our next match, which is uh, Cassisono versus Raul Mendoza. And of course, Mendoza was in the CWC tournament as well. Crowd loved them, some Cassius. They show a bit of sportsmanship with a handshake as the bell rings. Ah, oh, a lovely bit of handshake. Lovely bit of handshake, lovely bit of sportsmanship. It was a, it was a cup handshake as well. Uh, yeah, I know. Oh, no, of course, the veteran of NXT going against men. We've seen bits and pieces of. Goes for the goal behind on Ono. Oh, but he's a much bigger competitor. I'm not saying... Oh, look. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Ono oh, standing up with Mendoza. Well, Mendoza looking to get a side headlock in, but... Cassius Ono standing up and lifting him up, but Sunset flipped by Mendoza only gets a two count, and Ono two. looking for a pinfall of his own, and both men are just rolling through, and it goes to a bit of a stalemate. There we go, that's nice, and uh, Ono brings down Mendoza, don't go for the cover though, throws Mendoza into the turnbuckle. But he springboards over the top and then puts a shoulder into the midsection of Ono. Oh my word, it's like Ono's going to throw Mendoza down, but he turned it to Hurricane Runner. And now Mendoza rolls up Ono for a quick pinfall, but only gets a one count this time. One. Ono up, but oh, gets caught with the kicks. Oh, looks like the yes kicks. Well, see kicks with Mendoza. Forget, <laughs> get, see. <laughs> see what it did there. Oh, well, he Cassius. catches the third attempt, flips him over, and uh, Mendoza lands on his stomach, and then gets caught with a big Cassius kick. I do like Cassius Ono, and of course I've only been as uh, close as you are now to me, Dan. Is sure he respects Raul, but he wants to win. And now Cassius 
Oh my god, put him up. Thirty. <laughs> well, he's at the moment. He's got him in like a tarantula. He's wearing him like a backpack. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a Corey special. But Mendoza fighting out. Oh, managing to sit up right. Rolls Ono through for a pinfall attempt. One, two. two. Oh, but Ono managing to power out. And now <laughs> Ono saying enough of that. Grabs Mendoza's leg. Oh. oh, flips him backwards over and just rams his knee into the mat. Standing sent on and just flattens the much smaller competitor. Now this is over. One, two. Oh, oh Mendoza managing to kick out. Oh. And now Ono going to put Mendoza down by picking him up. No. Oh, Mendoza lands on his feet and turns it into an arm drag takedown. Raul managing to fight back. But I think they've just angered the <laughs> giant Cassius. He responds with a chop, an Irish whip to the corner. Oh, but Mendoza managing to sneak through the ropes. Inseguri to the head. Rocks Cassius. Oh. And another arm drag takedown. Beautiful corkscrew into it. Springboard and now second rope springboard. Oh, springboard kick to the face. Ono's down one, two. Oh. Ono managing to kick out. Oh. Well, Mendoza... Frustrated, but I think so is Cassius. Here comes Mendoza running in. Oh, he's got him up for an electric chair. Oh. Plants him face first over the top rope and a big boot. And I think the top rope's the only thing holding up Mendoza. There comes Cassius. Oh, oh, big elbow to the back of the head and that must have knocked him clean out. One, One two, three. Well, not real surprise if you look at it on paper. Ono beat Mendoza, but a far more competitive match even thought I, I would, I would think, yes. Dan, what do you think of the match? Yeah, it was a, it was a good match. You know, it, we both knew it was only going to go one way, but credit where credit's due to Mendoza, who managed to put up a fight, even though he's uh, seeing little birds floating around <laughs> his head at the moment by the elbow from Cassius. I know, but it's, it's good to see Cassius getting, uh, getting a little winning streak under the way after he's had a bit of a. I'd say a bit of a disastrous 2017. Yeah. yeah, without a doubt, I think. He's had some good matches, but, you know, he's hardly been on the winning end and James blinds me with the lights. <laughs> yeah, I think Ono, uh, like I said, losing to Gagano for that chance to be in the Fatal 4 way has affected him. Hopefully 2018 can be better. But it's still a good, it's a workhorse to have around, isn't it? You know? It does, yeah. Well, Zelina Vega speaks to the media. She says she and Almas are more on the same page than ever and will display that in Philly. When asked about Gagano, she says Johnny Wrestling got lucky in the four-way. It was in the right place at the right time. When asked about strategy, the Wiley manager says she didn't get here by revealing her secrets. Vegas says they're taking Gagano seriously and there's no running from Almas. Chrissy St. Cloud asks about his mindset heading to Philly. Velveteen Dream interrupts in and says, say it. And this time, not his name, but thank you for for the opportunity by him being out of action. Dream says Gagano got lucky by beating a guy in Ono since he doesn't look like a superstar and that he could have easily beaten Ono. Dream says Gagano doesn't deserve his spot. Looks like we're getting a match possibly for the title. Oh, so Velveteen Dream is back. It wasn't a major injury. Major, major injury. injury. And he fights hopefully Gagano soon. Then we see the Street Profits backstage messing around with people looking to step their gold game up. They pop into Mr. Eagle's office. I love the way they just pop in. Pop in. I pop into, pop pop. into my office. Uh, Mr. Eagle's office looking for a title shot. Not in there. Where could it be? What about the cupboard? No. Not yet, but they get Officer Payne next week instead. 
Oh, they wanted a title shot, yeah, and then they no, get hit. Yeah. Well, they're down for it as they get Regal to hit a little move on the way out, and Regal always does it. And now it's Leo Rush versus Lars Sullivan, and we've been talking about Leo Rush, you know, the tweet with Emma, being a little bit of trouble. And I think he's in even bigger <laughs> trouble now. And a collective gasp when Lars was revealed as Leo's opponent, priceless. After the- Oh, hang on. So, here we go. So, yeah, Leo Rush. He's out here. See how he does against Lars. So we, we just don't know. He could have success. The little man versus the big one. Aye, oh, big man. Leo Rush dodging out the way. Well, he got caught by Lars Sullivan, and now he's dodging out the way. Well, he's managing to stay out of trouble for now, but I think he's just pissing off Lars Sullivan. <laughs> yeah. He don't want to do that. Well, Lars going to chase him. Leo said, come on, bring it. Oh, oh a lovely handspring back heel there to the head of Sullivan, rocking him. But Uh-oh. now he's in trouble. Leo Rush gets caught around the throat. Oh. And Lars Sullivan just pulls him stern and first into the top ropes. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Leo, you did well. But now Lars, he's back Lars up. Lars is going to kill you. Yeah. Picking about Irish rip to Leo. Oh, my days. He got all of that Irish rip into yeah. the corner. Looked like he was thrown out of a moving auto vehicle. Oh. But Leo Rush still staying in it. Jumps over Lars Sullivan as he charges in with his shoulder bars to him in the corner. Well, fair play to Leo. But Sullivan recovers quickly, and uh, I think he's even more pissed off than he was before. And now Lars is going to run towards Leo, but oh! Rush again, sidesteps. Lars Sullivan hits nothing but the ring post, and it looks like he's dented it with his big colossal shoulders. <laughs> Look at the size. I will never stop saying it of Lars Sullivan's head. Rush now. Running the ropes, oh! but gets turned inside out with a corkscrew backflip there from the clothesline. Uh-oh, picked him up. Freak accident. And slam. Fucking hell. Go for the cover. One, One two, two, three. three. If he'd we... have kicked out then, <laughs> I would have fucking eaten my own hat. Lars Sullivan, very impressive there, I've got to say. Yes, uh, after the match, Lars says he's faced opponent after opponent and sometimes multiple at once. He keeps going back to being in the four-way and facing a force he's never felt before. But that makes him happy. He directly calls out Killian Dane. We don't know when or where that is going to happen, but I want to see that match happen very soon, James. And yes, this is Nigel McGuinness reporting for the WNR podcast. Well, Leo Rush has just been picked back up and he is not finished with him yet. And he may be sending a message to Killian Dane, not a freak accident there. No! Freak accident <laughs> from the second rope. And if Leo Rush has ever regretted sending a tweet in his life, I'm sure it was on the fall for the second freak accident off the second rope. As Leo Rush is left twitching in the middle of the ring. That is incredible. Lars Sullivan there completely destroying Leo Rush. And uh, like you said, these two huge colossus men... Go head to head, it will be an unforgettable. Go big match. head to big head. Uh, honestly, I don't know who's got a bigger head here. And oh wait, backstage, and the undisputed assholes are taking out. Is that um? That's Eric Young. Eric Young. Yeah, Killing Dane is laying that back behind Adam Cole at the moment. Well, the barricades are down, and what's this mean? It meant to be sanity. Oh, there's Alexander Wolf out as well. It's meant to be sanity versus undisputed here for tag team titles next. Looks like they've been beaten up backstage. They have, this is gang warfare, and they've just laid out sanity. But after lots of outward, we've got Abra, and look at Unspewed Era now, coming out here with their stupid little fucking sign, 
wearing a title belt they don't deserve to have. Bray Neil, Harry Kane again. And Adam Cole here, coming out after what he's done to Alistair Black, after what he's done to every NXT superstar. And look how happy they are with themselves. The easy way out, using the numbers, and this this grinning, talentless prick, Adam Cole, coming in there. I don't care how big you are on the independence, mate. You've got to prove it here, and you haven't done it yet. Sneak attacks doesn't cut it. So we've got our single hatred, obviously. You with Mojo Rawley. <laughs> me with Enzo Amore. And now we've got a dual hatred yeah. on his undeserving cunts. We've never hated the same person. It's, it's been quite incredible. We've just. Well, I know what T-shirt you're going to be getting when you lose the predictions <laughs> this year, James. And it's going to have Adam Cole, baby. Oh, no, I fucking hate that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Nikki, let her loose. Go on, girl. She wants some. And Nikki Cross would beat the Undisputed Era up. There's no doubt Easily. in my mind. And she'd become the new tag team champion. <laughs> yes, yeah, she would. Look at her, Nikki Cross. Absolutely furious. How dare Undisputed Era go around? How dare them referees stop her? Yeah. Come <laughs> on, Nikki. <laughs> she hates them nearly as much as we do. Yeah, I know. Fair play, Nikki Cross. Roger Strong's out here. He's got a tag team partner, <laughs> Ali B. I think he wants some of Undisputed Era. I'm going to have a smoke and a pancake. These three, three team Three on three, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> baby. And the look on that Melt's face. Now he ain't attacking someone from behind. He's got a face in face to face. He's shitting in his little queer boots. I'm not being homophobic. They are gay. This is disgusting. What I'm disputing here have done. Come on, Alistair Black. And there we go. Taxi's holes on the line. Fish and O'Reilly versus Strong and Black. Go running on the outside. Strong and Black looks to be in control. And we are going to have... The tag team match right up next. Well, an impromptu tag team titles match as I said it had been taken out. Couldn't they? Now it's come back to bite him even more. Looks like O'Reilly's had the handsome slapped off his face. Well, (laughs) tag team titles now. Alistair Black could leave here. he got new ink work? Just blow his right nipple. (laughs) You would know. Just pointing it out. You just don't do that. No, fish trying to grab Black from behind. And next week, we are going to have another one contender. Is he getting into the... Why is he... Why... You're not in the fucking match yet. You haven't been tagged in, you cunt. Get out. This is how Undisputed Era roll. Of course, next week, number one contendership match, Street Profits versus Office of Pain, we've talked about. <clears throat> so who will face the Undisputed Era? Office of Pain would destroy the Undisputed Era, no doubt in my mind. A three-on-three match with Ellering in their corner. Boom. Yeah. Roderick Strong was... Oh, talking to Roderick Strong. Throws O'Reilly back in. Bang, spins him out with a nice spinning heel kick trip. Goes up for the roll-up. Oh. Oh, but he manages to kick out. Oh. I didn't think this was going to happen. I mean, you obviously, Alistair Black and Strong never teamed up before. But Well, tonight... it's how I like my coffee, Strong and Black. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, and Strong over the cover. But, oh. <clears throat> O'Reilly managed to kick out. Oh. As we go to an ad break here. They finally turn it around after being beaten up for five minutes. Of course, NXT TakeOver is on the horizon here. And we'll be live January 27th, don't forget. And now it looks like O'Reilly and Fish have taken over. And Alistair Black, I thought he was going to tag in Roderick. He's going to slap Roderick Strong or something like that. But keeping Black away from his partner. I'm not even going to say it's a good tag team. It's just obvious. O'Reilly kicks the Strong, knocks him off the apron. Both men taking turns of running in towards Black. With their splashes and their kicks. Oh, and an exploder suplex there from Fish to black. 
Oh, it's strong has to come in. I don't think he needed to. Well, I don't. I, I've seen. We, I find it weird that Black's the one being worked on as well. You would have thought it would be strong. But their cheap manoeuvres, tripping up Alistair Black as he was on the ring apron, you know, unneeded there. But you know, it's uh, Alistair Black. He's he's surely he's going to get into this. Don't call me Shirley. And now Fish working on Black. Black, like I said, finally gets to his feet. They power out of here. He gets stronger as the fight goes on. Gets a club in the back. Forearms. Oh, now an Irish whip. A black. Oh, sunset flip. Rolls him up. One, two. Oh, fish. Managing to kick out. Oh. And black. Oh. A big <laughs> knee to the face. Knocking fish down. Can he get to the corner to tag in strong? Well, fish looks to be in serious trouble here. O'Reilly looks to be in serious trouble, but that's just his face. Yeah, that's just his problem with his face. He's strong, desperate for Black to tag him. Where's Adam Cole? I'm surprised he's not got interrupted in this match yet. Boom. Tag to Strong. Tag to O'Reilly. Oh. Strong comes in, takes out Fish. Close line to O'Reilly. Oh, he's he, opening a can of whoop ass. He is on fire, baby, with the forearms and a drop kick to O'Reilly. And O'Reilly gets thrown into Fish. A taste of some fish. <coughs> oh, well, he thought he was doing it right. Oh, oh. lovely backbreaker there by Strong. And the over, belly to belly overhead suplexes fish into Strong, uh, into O'Reilly. And now Roger Strong looking to win the tag team titles. Big knee to O'Reilly. Oh, bang. Plants him face first into the mat. Looks for a cover. Two. Oh. And a fish comes in, stops the count. Beats up Black. Oh, but he gets thrown out of the ring for his troubles. And O'Reilly there. Oh, a big stomp to the back of the head. But Strong manages to get out of it and delivers a knee to the jaw. Can he get the cover? Both men are down. It's getting tense. <laughs> and Fish. Oh. oh, Alistair Black with a running boot there. Takes out Fish. Well, Fish. <laughs> don't know what he's doing. Screaming at the referee. Got in harm's way. And Alistair Black throws him in. Oh, oh, and Adam Cole gets involved in a fucking match that he shouldn't be involved in because he's a twat. Looks to hit Alistair Black, but then runs away like a little bitch that he is because it has no effect. And Alistair Black going Don't chase now. him. He Don't is. Chase him. He's getting distracted. Mick Foley's in the crowd. Mankind. Distracted. He's going after him. He's drawing him away from the ring. And Adam Cole taking Black's focus off this match in ring. Ah, oh, and now go. that stupid move that they do together. And they get the pinfall victory over Strong after Black gets distracted by Adam Cole. Oh, there we go. Cover. Two, three. three. Oh, and the undeserving era get the victory here. Alistair Black distracted by Adam Cole. This is a travesty. This Alistair Black will not have a nice day. <laughs> and Alistair Black comes back to the ring to get some retribution over the undeserving era. Ducks a kick. Oh, kick to the face for O'Reilly. Kick to the face for Fish. And then Adam Cole again oh. from behind. And now it looks like they're going to try and pick apart Alistair Black. What are they looking to do? Oh, he's getting a chair. Oh, no. So things are going to go from bad to worse. Adam Cole and serious, uh, Alistair Black in serious trouble. We've seen him beaten recently. We're going to see him broken now. Adam Cole picks up Black. Oh! It's like an AA over the chair. It's not as only as he's stolen Shawn Michaels' look, but he's stolen John Cena's finisher. This is an assault here by the Undisputed Era. This is disgusting. 
and they're, it's almost as disgusting as their stupid fucking hand sign. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't, I, I don't think it was the greatest of matches, but I think it told a story, and that story is Undisputed Era are targeting Alistair Black here. Well, they see him as the biggest threat in NXT at the moment. Really? And, and to be fair, Dan, he is. He is the biggest yeah. threat in NXT. There's, there's no one else. They cost, him his, they cost him his number one contendership shot. And now they cost him the tag team titles, effectively. Well, I'm shocked what's happened here and about Alistair Black. Will he be able to recover? We end NXT update on this bombshell. But like I say, we're two weeks away from NXT TakeOver. And of course, our live shows will bring you the latest two episodes of NXT all towards the build-up. But Dan, what have you thought of this month's NXT update? Um, oh, I thought Black's been robbed a couple of times. Yeah. Extended my hatred for the undeserving arseholes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But I'll, I'll try to look at the positives first. Do oh, you... it certainly has been an entertaining NXT. They've yeah. told some brilliant stories and it's just pissing all over 205 Live. And I'd even extend that to pissing over Raw and SmackDown as well. Uh, I mean, yeah. they've got some interesting storylines going on on Raw and SmackDown, but, you know, I, I, I understand that the undeserving era are here to oh, wait a minute. gain some annoyance. Sorry to stop you there, but Regal's out here finally. So, Regal says the match now at NXT Philadelphia is extreme. I think that favours. I like to say Alistair Black, but then, like, you know, is extreme rules, does that mean anything goes, which means other people can join in? Yeah, exactly, and Fish and O'Reilly come in to stop Black again. Uh, it would be interesting at NXT Philadelphia, and obviously we're going to fill out the rest of the card there. But looking back on the past four episodes that we've seen, you know, the Dunn-Bait uh, match for the UK title, I think obviously would be a match, match. Yeah. match of the uh, the TakeOver update. But the main event, the Fatal 4 way, I thought was really entertaining. Yeah. And Lars Sullivan's kind of impressed me as well, because he's big and powerful, but he, his matches are good, aren't they? Yeah, not yeah like... it looks like we're going to get a last Sullivan versus um, Killian, Dane. Killian Dane match up at TakeOver, yeah, which, which would be very interesting. I think that'd be cool. I think, obviously, the women's title, Ember Moon, Sane and Basler there, I think that writes itself, really. So now you've got the tag team titles, and if it's the authors of pain, or the street, pro- street Profits, I don't know if they're ready or not, you know? I, well, I we'll know. soon see in their match against authors of pain. Yeah. If they can hold their own against the pain, then... You know, I'm all for them. Exactly, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? And you'll find out with us. We'll be back for with NXT in a couple of weeks' time, January 27th at 11 p.m. Saturday night with NXT, the the pre-show, building up towards the card, bringing you, like we say, the results of the, the next two NXTs. Uh, and, and I just can't wait. It's my favourite time of the month, and the NXT takeover, the kick-off the year, is going to be brilliant. So that is it. <clears throat> that is it. Before we go, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at WW Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. We've also got a friend on Twitter. We have indeed Jesse's Mini Chris Benoit. We're just trying to make the world a better place, and you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. Across all the Google platforms, WW Network Review on Google Plus. Send us an email to WNR Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WW Network review. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WW Network Review Podcast, where all the latest clips go up there. Podcasts go up the same time they do there. There's other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. And we're also on Speaker Radio. We've got live shows January 27th at 28th for the Royal Rumble live kickoff. <coughs> Stitcher Radio. and <coughs> Stitcher Radio, iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, Rate and review there. 
Next week, the WNR 139, which is our WWE versus WCW in 1998. We'll look at the happenings going on in WCW since Starcade 1997. And of course, in WWE with the Royal Rumble match as well. It's going to be a great episode. But until then, that is it. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye. Bye.